BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and the guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, inquirers, and welcome to episode 150 of Inquiries of Our Reality. Considering 150 is a bit of a milestone, I figured we'd mix it up a bit. Today's guest is definitely one of a kind, combining two of my favorite things, cryptids and comedy, without holding back on the adult-style humor. I absolutely loved having this conversation, and I know you guys are going to love it. But before we get into this awesome conversation today, we of course have to do the uh, front of house stuff. So if you guys haven't already reviewed or rated the show on iTunes or Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it if you did. And if you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, of course, I will read on the show and give you guys a big shout out for that. And uh, if you guys aren't already following the pages on social media, don't forget to go and do that. If you guys want to interact and get updates on anything new and cool going on with the show. Uh, And if you guys want to have some awesome conversations with me and some other uh, like-minded individuals, you guys can always pop onto the Telegram or the Discord. And if you guys are looking for snippets of the show that you guys can share with a friend, which is another awesome way to help the show grow, uh, you guys can always check out the YouTube or the TikTok. I do post uh, the same things on both of those. And usually they're short snippets of really cool parts of the show that I think you guys will like. So if you guys don't think that you have a friend that might listen to the entire episode, at least share you know some of the, some of the cool clips that I post over there with them. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're a cryptozoologist, ufologist, uh, contactee, uh, experiencer of weird phenomenon, 
uh, somebody that's had some type of a cryptid or paranormal encounter, a paranormal investigator, a whistleblower, researcher, author, uh, anything, anything that fits in the open-minded category or the fringe category. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with you. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message because I would love to set something up and you actually get to know you. So you guys can get a hold of me through Instagram, which is the form of social media that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at increaseourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. And uh, make sure you guys always check your spam or junk folders if you guys send me a message. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond, of course, to every single message that you guys send me. And if you guys can't get enough of the content I put out and you guys aren't already listening to Bizarre Encounters, I highly recommend that you go over there and check that out. If you guys enjoyed this episode in particular where you know we talk about some cryptid stuff, but we definitely have some comedy and some jokes along the way, I definitely think you guys are going to appreciate Bizarre Encounters. Orin and Jenny are always killing it over there. They're two of the best co-hosts I could possibly ever ask for. And uh, I just want you guys to check that show out. Let me know what you guys think. And, uh, you know, don't just listen to Inquiries of Our Reality. Also, listen to Bizarre Encounters. Put them on your uh, regular rotation because they're just going to keep expanding. And, uh, you know, you guys want to start from the beginning and be able to uh, listen to every single episode before you get lost in the ridiculous amount of content that we have set up that we want to push out for you guys. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. Number one, of course, is to go and join the Patreon, become a Patreon member. Uh, there you'll get things like ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, which is, of course, the raw video format of the episodes, uh, exclusive merch store discounts. And I highly recommend going and checking out those exclusive merch store discounts because I've been dropping some new designs, going to be dropping even more designs, got a lot of new stuff in the works. So it's going to be a lot more as far as the Open Minds Media merch store goes. So Make it a little bit easier on yourself. Go and uh, get yourself that exclusive discount code over at the uh, over on the Patreon. And if you guys want to donate to the show directly, you guys can donate through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. Uh, if you guys want to donate through that, uh, go down to the bottom of the show description. All the way at the bottom, there should be something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. Uh, fill that out. Send it in. Whatever you guys send, I always appreciate. And if it doesn't give you the option to leave some type of personalized message, let me know that you guys donated, of course. And all of that's going to go towards uh, expanding the show more, making it so I can go to more conventions, interact with more of you guys. So it's beneficial on all aspects. It's not just stuff going in my pocket. It's all stuff to help continue to help this show grow. So anything you guys contribute, just know that you're helping a podcaster continue to further his dream on hopefully eventually being able to do this full time. And uh, when I'm able to do this full time, I can produce even more awesome content for you guys. Maybe there'll be even more shows that come down the pipeline, but the only way I'm going to be able to get there is with your guys' help, of course. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, referring to the Patreon, you guys can always go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. I have some new designs on there. Well, relatively new. They're, they've been out for a couple of weeks, but I got the uh, anime Squatch design for Increase of All Reality, which uh, honestly is probably one of my personal favorite designs that I've ever made. And I also have the Stay Bizarre uh, design for Bizarre Encounters, and it's done in like 90 styles, so it's pretty vibrant colors. It's pretty cool. I really enjoy those designs, and I got some, again, like I said, some new stuff coming down the pipeline. So, And then the one thing I do request, of course, if you guys do pick up any of the shirts, it'd be really cool if you guys wouldn't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it. I would love to uh, repost it on the pages, show that there's love and support out there, and uh, you know, it'll hopefully you know push other people to you know want to support the show in some way, shape, or form. 
And uh, while we're talking about supporting the show, it's not all just about necessarily like donating to the show, but you know, if you guys just leave some reviews, you guys interact with the show, you guys join the community, uh, you guys reshare stuff. There's a hundred other ways to support podcasts just besides of course, donating to them directly. But you know, we put a lot of time and effort into these shows to be able to entertain you guys. So it just doesn't just go for this podcast. This goes for all podcasts in general. If you guys really love and appreciate a podcast, uh, it's something as simple as just sending a message to a podcaster, letting them know that you guys enjoy the show. It goes a long way because, you know, just like most things, everybody has their ups and downs when they do different things. Uh, same with podcasters. We have our ups and downs. Sometimes, uh, you know, there's points where you're just like, is anybody out there? Is anybody actually listening? Do I want to continue doing the show? So, you know, just simply sending a podcaster a message saying, hey, I love your show. It's great is enough of a push that you'd be surprised how many podcasters keep going just because of small little messages like that. So when I say love and support, I don't just mean it in one way. I mean it in any way, shape or form. Love and support all of your favorite shows, all of your favorite podcasters, because we all bust our ass to produce this stuff for you. And it's not just because of that. We love doing it in the process, of course. But, you know, we just get, you need some type of verification that people are out there listening sometimes. Like we all see the numbers, but we don't necessarily know your guys' faces and all podcasters would love to know every one of your guys' faces individually because we wouldn't be doing this without you guys. So never forget that. We wouldn't be sitting here doing this show if you guys weren't listening. You guys are the lifeblood of the show and the only way that any podcast is going to continue to grow is with your guys' help, of course. And uh, while we're talking about all of that type of stuff, love and support, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. Absolutely killing it all the time with all of his awesome, awesome designs. Super original. Never seen anything else that looks exactly like his. He has his own art style, and it's honestly some of my favorite cryptid artwork that exists at this current time. So if you guys haven't already checked it out, highly recommend. Go and check it out. And at the minimum, if you guys don't end up getting anything, same kind of rules apply for that as it does for podcasting. You think there's a really, really cool shirt? Share the shit out of it, man. Just support Joe. Support all of our all of these smaller creators that are you know, making our place in the world because the only way we're ever going to be able to continue doing this stuff again, like I keep saying is with your guys' love and support and, uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show. Sean Engelman, creator of Creepy Acres. How's it going today, man? Hey, you know what? It's going pretty dang good, man. This is this is a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a blast. Thanks. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and especially after getting to talk to you at Small Town Monster Fest. I already knew this was going to be a great show, and uh, we got to talk for an hour before, so just to get off of that, I can already tell we're going to get into some really interesting stuff on this show, man. Oh, I hope I hope so. Hey, hey, it's all on the table. Knock yourself out. Go do whatever you got to do, man. <laughs> so uh, I guess a good place to start uh, for anybody that might not be familiar with who you are, what you do and what exactly Creepy Acres is. Uh, why don't you kind of fill them in on exactly uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. OK, well, what I do is suffer endlessly. <laughs> don't <but> we all? <laughs> don't we all? So, you know, don't cry for me. But uh, so so basically I'm the creator of Creepy Acres. Uh, Creepy Acres is a uh, it is a web series uh, featuring puppets. It's cryptid humor, but it's for adults. Um, and again, we like to we like to have fun with the subject while not making fun of the subject. So you know, it's a lot of stuff like we have a Bigfoot and a Chupacabra and Jackalope, and it's just the 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 shenanigans and stuff they get into and whatnot. Um, but it's a lot of swearing. And, you know, <laughs> 
unpleasant stuff. But uh, so kind of needed with crude humor. <laughs> a lot of cr- a lot of crude humor. A lot of crude humor. And uh, so so we do that. But then we also do the today in creepy history posts, which uh, some you know, some of your audience may have seen around and they're uh, shared on social media a uh, little bit. Um, where you know I go and I research stuff that happened that day in creepy history, and then I go and I do a little drawing for it, and I post those whenever I can. Um, I think this is about the third year I've been doing those, and I keep trying to add new ones every week uh, to fill in the, the gaps, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, and and because of the popularity of those, uh, we've now uh, we've now taken that and started making a podcast uh, this week in creepy history, where we try to. Uh, you know, cover some event that happened. Uh, usually it seems to be about once a month right now that we're getting those out, but we do like a reenactment of the story that happened. And we use the, the cast from creepy acres uh, to do a lot of the voices and stuff. And, uh, Oh, actually in the last one we had, we actually had our first celebrity cameo. Uh, we had Mr. Mr. Sam, Sam Sheeran did a voice for us, which was pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's the best. That guy's awesome. But he did a he did a voice for us on there, which was pretty cool. It was really nice of him to do that. And then and then we'll uh, on there we'll then uh, we'll do the reenactment, and then we'll do an interview with an author or researcher who's covered that event in one of their books, or uh, or is known for studying that that event. So uh, before we get too deep into the creepy acres stuff, because I'd love to get into all of your different characters and everything. Sure. Uh, what inspired you to start doing uh, the on this day in history thing, uh, and what kind of transitioned it where you decided that you want to do the pictures and start doing the podcast variation of it? Uh, so, so originally when I started doing like way back, I was doing something called Monster Mondays, and Monster Mondays was a much longer write up. That would have like de- it would detail the whole thing of like what had happened and stuff. Was it just any I monster know. in general, or was it specifically stuff that happened on that day at that point? Originally, it started out as just anything. It was any monster in general, and uh, just any story. And it was just hey, just whatever I thought was cool. And so I started putting those out, and then I started uh, kind of reining those in to be more uh, to be coming out more when they were time sensitive. Like here, here's something that came out this week, whatever. But I realized that uh, people just didn't seem to be terribly interested. I mean, some people were. Some, we had we had some very loyal fans, but for the most part, people just didn't want to read something that long. And so we started pulling back, pulling back, pulling back. And eventually, I just eventually I got to the point where I was just doing uh, like one little thumbnail drawing and a very very small paragraph. And those did okay, but I just, I felt like I wanted more, in, like I wanted more information in there because there's so much great information that kind of gets left on the wayside. That's like, there's some really important stuff in here. So I started expanding them and then they became the format you see now, which is um, the, the drawing, which has become more involved now uh, that uh, now I've begun actually painting them rather than just drawing them with ink. And the artwork is absolutely beautiful. Anybody that hasn't seen these, I guarantee if you're active in the community in any way, shape, or form, or you're just into cryptids, you've seen them. So if you're unfamiliar, definitely go and look this up so that you know what we're talking about. They're, they're really, really cool artwork. Oh, thank you so much, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I got to say, like, it's I, I do, a, I do a, a pencil drawing of it first, and then I take it into Photoshop, and then I, once I get into Photoshop, I just start smudging. And I just kind and I, I paint over the... I basically paint over the the uh, the drawing, so I know I've had some people ask me if it they thought it was like AI. That's like I I hate AI, <laughs> but uh, 
because I'm an, I'm an actual artist. Yep. Like, so of course I hate AI art, you know, like, um, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah. So then, so what happened then was, um, so those seem to be really, really popular, but I really missed the, I really missed the connection to, uh, the, the longer stuff, you know, like, and I, I missed the connection to that character. So the character was Nathaniel Leonard's when I was doing the monster Monday stuff, he would be on the corner of the artwork and it was the puppet that, that I have that looks like Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> so that's, it's our proxy for Leonard Nimoy um, for in search of, you know, from back of the day. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I missed that connection because that's what inspired me as a kid to get into this stuff was I love that show so much. And, and I wanted to reconnect it to that. So then I, uh, I ended up thinking, well, we should do a podcast went through a couple iterations of what that would look like and ended up landing where we are now, where uh, I was lucky enough to get um, my, my co-host uh, on uh, Laura Cram from the Spooks, Creeps, and the Sword Devilry podcast uh, was willing to, to help me out. And so she goes on with Sam, our main character, our Bigfoot character, Sam Squatch. And then they talk about this thing that happened. They interview somebody. But I was also able to incorporate the Nathaniel Leonard's character, that Leonard Nimoy type character, as the guy who does the narration for the reenactments, which was awesome. <laughs> it was that I actually got to get all that stuff to come together. So one day you got to do like a talking heads version, not for every single episode, but just like, a, you know, here and there type of thing. You got to do a full episode where you're like, do the audio and then you do the puppets afterwards. It'd be super cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you did it as like a Patreon exclusive or something, I think you'd have a lot of people that would that would dig uh, into that. Yeah, that's cool. That's a that's a good that's a good plan. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm stealing that. All right, we got well, you can steal it all you want, man. <laughs> awesome. So uh and one thing I gotta bring up before we start getting into the creepy acre stuff too. Um yep. one yep. thing I really like to do on this show is folklore that kinda is starting to get to the point where it may be forgotten or it's not as common knowledge and considering the fact that you dig into pretty much something for almost every single day. Uh, what are some of the best stories that you've dug into that you feel is like something that almost is like lost to history that you want to try to like bring back more so into the forefront? Um, that's really hard. That's really hard. Cause there's so many great stories out there and a lot of them have, I mean, there, there's, I gotta say, there are some people out there doing amazing work. Um, so like Kevin Lee Nelson, and uh chad lewis they're the guy and and noah oh god i'm gonna forget that i'm gonna forget their friend's name um but they wrote uh they wrote the book van meter visitor and that's actually the puppet right behind me here is the van meter visitor back there oh (laughs) i can kind of see him behind me (laughs) yeah so the van meter visitor that was a story that would have been completely lost to history but they researched it and wrote a book on it and and brought it back but that would have a hundred percent been lost to history and the thing is stories like that exist everywhere but it's just a matter of finding them and the thing is a lot of these old newspapers in these little towns like they only exist you know some of them are just gone forever you're never going to find them. they're just they're gone but like some of them only now in these tiny little libraries or tiny little museums they exist on like microfiche and that's the only place you're going to find it you know like and it's waiting to be discovered and and but there's so many great stories if i had to pick one man it it's hard it's too hard there's too there's 
I mean, a you can throw a couple if you want. I mean, the listeners, I guarantee if you yeah. threw five stories, they would still love to hear them. Sure. I mean, so like locally, so I'm in Minnesota and locally, like we've had numerous stories of, there was a dog man sighting, uh, up in, uh, up at the, uh, air force base up in Duluth. And that's one that like, I talked to a guy, I actually, this would have been like, so it'd have been last June. I talked to a guy who worked at that base and he had worked at that base years ago. And I was talking to him about, he had no idea what the hell I was talking about, but he <laughs> knew the people involved, which was weird. So like there was some fact to it because he knew the names, but he didn't, you know, that he knew like some of the names and stuff involved, but he didn't know the story at all. I wonder if it's one of those things that the people who had the encounter kind of knew what community to talk about it with versus like, all right, let's leave this out of work because we don't want them to think we're crazy, especially if it's military personnel too. I mean, I'm sure that they're worried about like not trying to look crazy because they don't want to get discharged if there's somebody that like wants to be there for sure. Since, you know, the draft isn't what it used to be back in the day where they're just pulling people that wanted nothing to do with it. You know, anybody that's there wants to be there and they don't want to be sent away. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's very likely. And this guy, this guy looked older. So I'm guessing that he probably would have been stationed there probably minimum. I'm going to say at least more 20 or more years ago. I mean, he's older dude. So, Minimum that would, he would have been, bad. but that would have been like the heyday when it happened. Um, but yeah, so uh, otherwise, other stories. Oh my god, I mean, so like, um, uh, bah, 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 bah. boy, I might need to come back to this one because there's the thing is, like, I've covered so many of these <laughs> that it's like they all it all blends together. I'd literally, if I could pull up my phone here, it'd be like, da, 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 da. oh, that one, that's a good one. <laughs> like, the, uh, you know, like the Crawfordsville monster, that's a cool one. That kind of, a lot of people forget about that one. Actually, I don't um, think I'm familiar with that one. If you want to share the story. Sure. The Crawfordsville monster is, um, it's interesting because it kind of falls into that gap of like, is it a monster? Is it a UFO? Is it a ghostly thing? Like, what the hell is this? Like, what the hell is it? Those are always so, the best ones where they don't yeah. obviously fit in one category. Yeah, because it is a, it is sort of a like it just a. It's obviously not a Bigfoot. So then, what the hell is it? It's not <laughs> bipedal. So, so the story with this one is, um, so the story. I'm going to start with. Uh, let's go. There's two men. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but they work. Uh, they're ice ice delivery men. So, or they're ice men, uh, and this would have been we're talking 18 late 18 or maybe early 1900s. I was going to say talk about a dead profession. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it's 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 quite a quite a long time ago. Um, but again, like I don't have the I don't have the information in front of me, so it's all from memory here. But so essentially, they're they're uh, getting the horses all hooked up to the wagon and stuff. This is about two o'clock in the morning, and they're in Crawfordsville, and so they're getting everything hooked up, and and uh, all of a sudden they can hear this like weird static uh, the one guy is outside hooking everything up the other guy's still inside the stable and he starts hearing this weird staticky weird sound and he looks up and he sees what looks like and they and the description's so bizarre it's this red fiery eye that's what they describe it as a red fiery eye with this white sort of tapestry thing hanging behind it that's just undulating all over the place and it's just zipping through the sky and it's and they describe it as being about eighteen feet long, and it's just kind of like undulating through the sky, and it's making this weird staggy sound. But it's circling the town, and they're like, "What? It's like, what the hell is this?" Like, <laughs> and they 
and they go back and they're kind of hiding in the stable because like it's like two in the morning. They're like they don't want to leave the stable because they're like they don't know what it is. They it's don't the all-seeing like, eye, literally. <laughs> yeah, they're like, is it gonna like attack us? And the description is like it's this fiery eye. Well, okay, well, is it an eye or is it just a ball of fire? And like, what is this? The, and the tapestry thing behind, it, like, what is that? You know, like, and so they're they're like trying to figure out like what they should do. They don't know what they want to do, and then eventually they. Um, Eventually, they just say to hell with it. They get on the wagon, they and they just book it out of town. And they go get the ice. They go to where they got to get the ice from. They go get it. And then they head back to town. And when they come back to town, the sun's starting to come up. Things long gone. And then they think, okay, great. That's the end of it. Nothing to worry about. Then the next night, it comes back again. And this time, the town pastor or the town priest or pastor, I'm not sure which, he's out at, he's at uh, getting water from his well. And then he hears the sound. He looks up and he sees the thing. And, and it comes back next. And now more townspeople see it. And they are all like, oh, what the hell is this thing? They're all like freaked out, whatever. And then uh, the story was that then eventually like it's swooping down over the townspeople, whatever. And then it sort of, and then it just sort of disappears. And then that's the end of it. And so you have people then, men claim that they went the next day. They went out of town. They followed this thing. And that they discovered, oh, it was a, it was a and they said, oh, it was a flock of birds. It was just a it was flaming a flock, flock of, of birds. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> such a bizarre story. And a lot of people always dismissed it as um, it was, uh, what are they called? Starlings. I believe that's, it's a type of bird that does that. If you see those massive uh, flocks of birds where they just sort of look like an undulating moving thing and they just kind of move around and I believe those are called starlings, but that's what people always said that it was those, it was that type of bird. But the year that this happened, Starlings had only been introduced to the United States the year before. And even then were only located in New York city. They weren't located in this, in that state. So that's one of those stories where it's like, it's just so bizarre that it's like, what the hell is that? Like, it's not exciting enough to, it's not exciting enough to feel like someone made it up, mm-hmm. you know, cause not enough really happens. No one got killed. No one, you know, no one gets killed. It didn't swoop down and eat a dog. You know, there's, or, or like eat someone's livestock or whatever. My question that, is, if it's a giant eye, where the hell is the mouth at? <laughs> yeah. And well, that's the other thing they always, they always said, like, it didn't have a mouth, but it was made, it was making this kind of staticky, but almost sort of groaning sound, which is like, what? Like, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what that is. So, I mean, it reminds me of two other pieces of folklore, not exactly, okay. but partly it. You hear about the stories of like the native American, like flying head. And I mean, obviously it's not a whole flying head, it's an eye, but it vaguely kind of reminds me of that folklore. And then just on another side tangent of it, um, like the biblical depiction of an angel, they talk about the whole like multiple eyes with like spinning wheels and all this other crazy shit. And my interpretation of that is that it's something that we can't perceive in this dimension. Like it doesn't look like that. That's just our perspective of what we're seeing it as. So just because of the giant eye aspect of it and, you know, the biblical depictions of like what an angel would look like, I can depending on, I guess your viewpoint on it, it almost kind of sounds like it could be something along those lines where you're not fully seeing it. Like in this reality, you're kind of seeing it just from like a one view perspective on something that shouldn't logically exist in this reality. Cause it doesn't, the dynamics of it don't work. You're only seeing piece of it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say, and the, the other thing that they sometimes, uh, it was dismissed as was, uh, that they, that the local kids would take cats and time to balloons and like well what the hell like like that was it was dismissed as that and you're like 
what the hell is that? Like, Do they set the cat on so, fire too? Like, what the hell is wrong with these kids? These I, are psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, well, well, my guess is that back then a balloon, they wouldn't have had like a, a helium balloon, that it would have been like like a hot air balloon. So I'm guessing that's the eye, the fire thing. And then hanging below it would be this cat that you can't see because it's dark, but that would be the sound you're hearing. But then what's all this other stuff? Like, it's... How does it have a flight like, path that it circles the town then? Like, yeah. the cat wouldn't be able to steer the balloon. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, but the, this is the stuff that like people just sort of dismiss. They'll, they'll, they'll grab onto anything to dismiss it, you know, as a, oh, okay, well, that's it. So that's fine. And then they dismiss it outright without actually questioning. Well, yeah, but that explanation doesn't make sense. You know, like, I mean, you know, like they'll, 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 they'll kind of write off one aspect of it and then that's good enough. We don't need to think about it anymore. Dude, it's all these like 1800 stories and early 1900 stories, like their ideas of what they actually think they are is like the most yeah. ridiculous, like off the wall shit possible. And it's oh, one yeah. of those things that it's like so close, but so far away that like, it's not that long ago, like historically, but it's no. far enough long ago that you can't really investigate it and really get much information other than what's already been put in the articles. Like perfect yeah. example, the Kentucky meat shower, like there was pieces of it that were supposedly preserved. And that's like, there's supposedly there's a piece that is still in, that is, is still preserved, but they apparently like 40 years ago or so changed the solution that it was in and in turn ended up ruining the sample, even though it still exists. So it's just that okay. stuff that it's like, you have pieces of it. It's so close, but yet it's so it's far enough away that there's no way to ever actually know for sure, or even be able to talk to anybody that was actually seeing this to try to like break stuff down on top of the fact with just humans in general, when they try to retell a story, especially when they're in a fear state, like even if they don't realize it, stuff gets exaggerated because that's just what your brain naturally does to tell you to get the hell away from it. Like you see a bear that stands up in the woods and to you, it has these giant razor sharp teeth and it's shown all of its teeth. But realistically it could have just been a bear that stood up, but your brain's telling you that it has all these features that are oh, the, these, over overly done features so that it just scares you away and your brain tricks you just to get the hell away from it as fast as possible. Oh yeah. Well, like I, like I said, uh, like I told you I, it's with arachnophobia, when I see a spider, like everything becomes exaggerated, like in my head, you know? So like there was one day at work, I was sitting there, uh, you know, and I'm like, I was like reaching for a scissors to grab something. And as I reached, I realized there was this big spider web that came out of this, like, it was like a funnel that came like came out of this like crack in the wall, and there was this big, huge ass brown uh, wolf spider just sitting there, and like I almost grabbed it because it, it was like I didn't even notice it. I work in an office; there was no reason for this thing to be there. <laughs> but I reached over, I looked, and I almost had my hand out, and like I froze because in my head it was like all I could see was just legs and fangs, and it was like, and then you know, and then my you know my uh, my coworker came over and saved me, thank God. And he was like, oh, for God's sakes. And he's like, yeah, he killed it, you know, whatever, like got rid of it. And then it's like, and then once the fear was gone, I'm looking at it and like, that thing's like, you know, it's barely like the size of a 50 cent piece. It's tiny, you know, but in my head, it was gigantic. You know, it was <laughs> like the fear just took over like, oh my God. Ah! Dude, it's one of those things when I see, like, I, I'm always fascinated with like tarantulas and spiders <clears throat> from like a. <clears throat> visual point of course but like when you when i see them my instant reaction like if i have one near my hand is i don't think about it but i'll just make a fist and like smash them and it's like yeah. same thing you see a spider next to you and you're like oh damn and it looks huge but a second you yeah. smash it and you like look out in the back of your hand you're like oh damn that thing was tiny i could have just 
scooted it away or blew it yeah. away and it would have done the same effect, but I just overkilled yeah, yeah. it. Just boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that happens every time I kill a centipede. So we get centipedes or I get centipedes in my house. They look like they look like it looks like a feather running across the floor. It's terrifying. Oh, especially you those know. thousand legger ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're all like long and wispy and oh, it just looks like something out of a nightmare. And but that's another one. Like every time I kill one, then you look at it and you're like, there's nothing there. It's just it's just legs, just little tiny. It just looks like hairs and like and, and like just a little smush, you know, like, oh, see, those things have like no defense. They're all just a shell like they their their defense is to run like they don't fight. <laughs> no, not at all. But it's like but they're fast, you know, like. That's the so trick gross. is that the back end looks like the front end and they move fast. So the idea is yeah. that a predator will attack their back end as they're trying to run away real fast and scurry away. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It doesn't do a much good when it's a shoe coming down from on top. But, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we keep moving on, if you have any more of these awesome stories, I would love to dig into them. Like I love, even if you just have little snippets of stuff like this, this is my bread and butter. I love these types of stories. Yeah, I can. Um, let me think here for a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like just see if I can refresh my mind here for just one second. Um, so the Riverside Monster is what I was thinking of off the top of my head. That was in California, and so the Riverside Monster was uh, a guy is driving home in a rainstorm, and as he's driving along, this damn thing just like comes out of nowhere, and it's described as having like a massive pumpkin head, these really long arms. And the guy just and it like hits and it like hits the car, and the guy and the guy like just hits the gas and runs it over. <laughs> it just runs the damn thing over. I love that story. I love it. It's like one of my favorites. That's like and, the most and, human reaction I've ever heard to seeing a creature in front of the car. Everybody normally swerves. This guy's like, "Fuck it, I'm going through it." <laughs> yeah, and he did, and it and it went under the car. Like he ran over the damn thing, and um, and then. Uh, after that, I mean, there was, I believe there's some more stories of it after that. And then eventually the cops just said, you know, we don't know what this thing is. We're looking for it, but just know that when we, like, if we see it, we're going to shoot it. And they put that story in the paper with the hopes that if it was someone doing a hoax, that they would stop knowing that they were like, well, we're going to shoot it. We're not even going to ask any questions. We're just going to shoot it. And the, the cops put that story in the paper, hoping that, well, if it's someone hoaxing, they'll stop. And it, it died shortly after that. Like they, the story kind of vanished after that, but, um, I'm surprised the thing lived after rolling under the car in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy, like he ran it right the hell over. (laughs) That just shows how durable and strong that damn thing was. Like how many creatures on this planet can get ran over by a car with that much weight on them and just get up and run away. (laughs) Yeah. And this wasn't an eighties car. I believe this is the seventies. Like if I'm remembering all metal body, heavy as shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He ran that. Yeah. He crushed it. He crushed that damn thing. But there's, there's so many, like there's so many great stories and, and you have certain States that have better stories than others. So many of the stories always end up just someone driving home, saw something on the side of the road. That's pretty much Mothman too. Dogman. 90% of the Dogman stories. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's almost all the stories. Um, the one that we did uh, most recently on our podcast, the Black Shuck. I love that story because one, there's physical proof left afterward, and two, there's a body count. He killed people, and I love it. <laughs> he straight up murdered people. So I don't know if uh, if you want to share that one too for uh, any of the listeners that may not be familiar. Yeah, so that that one is so in uh, August fourth, fifteen seventy seven. Uh, there's a huge, there's this massive storm. This, so this isn't, this isn't Suffolk, England. 
Uh, this would, uh, so it starts in Bungay, Suffolk, England, uh, St. Mary's Church. It's Sunday morning. Everyone's at church. There's a massive storm going on. And, and uh, there's actually the, the, the inside of the church is at this point is only lit by the lightning flashes because the storm came up out of nowhere. They didn't have time to light candles and everyone's scared shitless because the storm is just, you know, like it's, it's crazy. Like what's going on. And all of a sudden there's just this huge clap of thunder. Boom. Doors fly open. And this goddamn thing, <laughs> literally this goddamn thing, just this big giant black, hairy dog, hound, whatever it was bursts in and just starts running through the church and everyone's like, and again, you're, you're just seeing this black shadow running through the church only being illuminated by lightning flash. It sounds like something out of a movie. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like how this is in a movie. I don't know. It's like a fight scene in blade or something. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, and they're all like freaking out. Like, Oh, what is this thing? And it runs up to the front of the church and there's a guy, there's a guy, he's 40 years old and a boy who's like 15 and they're praying. And it fucking just, it kills them both. It just snaps their necks. You know, just bites, you know, just snaps their neck, kills them. And everyone's freaking out. And then it runs out of the church. And as it runs out of the church, lightning hits the steeple. Bam! And the whole steeple, and either it's the steeple or the spire, we don't know, collapses and falls through the roof of the church. And now that, you would think like, okay, well, that's horrifying. But then it shows up, it shows up down the road at the next church and does the same thing. Bursts into the church there, runs in, kills three people, kills two men and a boy in that church, runs around there. And one guy supposedly got like his whole arm got burned, uh, like from trying to grab the thing. And then that time as it left the church, it goes out the north door of the church and like on its way out, smashes through the door. And it and supposedly, you know, according to legend, it leaves these claw marks scorched into the door, and they're called the devil's fingerprints, and they're actually still in the door to this day. For real? You still see them there? Yeah, they're still there in the door. If you Google it, you can actually see pictures of the door with the scorch marks of the, the what they call the devil's fingerprints stuck in the door. You said it was dog-like. Like, I wonder if this was like a dog man, like a werewolf, or it was something like completely different, or if it was just some type of like really big breed of something that people weren't familiar with, and it was that fear state thing. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, uh, you know, so what we were the the kind of cool thing is that supposedly in 2013, around that time, uh, down the road, just down the road from there, uh, at a place called uh, Laston Abbey, they ended up uncovering this shallow grave at this abbey of a, and in the grave was this, was the skeleton of a seven foot dog that they figured would have weighed like 200 pounds. And it would have been in that area. And they figured it would have been around from that time. And uh, now grant and, and, and like, and we said on the podcast, you know, or Nathaniel London said during the podcast, like it's not proof that this was what they call black shuck. Uh, black shuck. Uh, so shuck was basically a word. Uh, potentially, uh, it was uh, suka that meant demon or devil. So it was the black devil, um, or potentially it was from. There's a word uh, uh, shucky that that meant shaggy. So they're not really sure like what what it came from. But but this may not have been the body of that creature. But it was proof that something like that existed there. That would have been this massive animal. 
I mean, there's so many different stories about werewolves coming from Europe in general that, I mean, there has to be some type of spark of truth to it, whether it was actually somebody transitioning into a werewolf or if it was just some type of really big breed of dog that used to live in that area that people started creating stories based upon the fact that maybe it had some human-like characteristics and maybe like it was really muscular. So the chest looked human-like or something, for example. And then everybody just built up all these stories based off of that. And then maybe these things went extinct because of people killing them because obviously they were extremely dangerous. And then it's just one of those things that kind of got lost and forgotten about in history. Because, I mean, realistically, you you make something extinct and if it's especially like a creature that people are scared of and don't want to talk about or if it's something that there's not very much of, like it's very, very easy and fast that something can get lost in history. Well, and, and even uh, the author we took to uh, talk to, Andy McGrath, so he, he was very much uh, trying to see if he could find some way to make it a physical creature, like a, like a flesh and blood animal. And he, he thought like, well, you know, this could have very well been like an Irish wolfhound. It could have been a great Dane, something like that. But the one thing that always stuck with me from the story that I forgot to mention was when it went into the second church, there's something called, so in these old churches from that time, there was something called a wood screen. And a wood screen is this big ornate carved thing like a like a wall essentially that would be between the main section of the church where everyone sits and then the altar area they still have those in in like modern day churches too yeah so so back then they would have been like these big tall like a wall you know where where like a lot of churches now though it may just be like a you know maybe like waist height or whatever, but this was like a wall with like windows in it, you know, whatever you could see through it or whatever. And it's just very carved ornately and whatever, whatever. And in the story, it says it ended up, it positioned itself on top of it. And then from there, and then it swung and then it swung down. And that's the part that always caught me. Cause it was like, well, how did it, how did it like a dog doesn't swing down. It sounds kind of cat like, you know? If they're yeah, like sitting up on something down. and grabbing down, well, like or how, like to swing down, it's like that sounds like something with hands and arms. <laughs> oh, like an actual swing. Out. I thought you were saying it was sitting up there and like swung its arm down. No, it was. It says that it was. It was. It positioned itself up there and then swung down, and then and then it like came back into the into the congregation and like killed people. That's the part that always like creeped me out. Where I was like, what the hell would that be? But See, the weird part was, too, is the fact that it went specifically after two churches, which I found extremely weird. And the only other aspect that I can chuck that up to is the fact that, you know, if back in the day, some type of disaster is about to happen, there's about to be a really bad storm, anything bad's about to happen. The go-to was that everybody from the town would meet up in the church. So either one, it had some type of weird motivation to go after churches specifically, which would fit in with the whole like burning aspect, like maybe it was something like for lack of better terms, like demonic, so to speak. Or the other option for it is that it was possibly like, you know, looking for food or looking for something. And it was just going to go to the place where all the people were. And if everybody in the town was in the two churches, of course, that's going to be the one place that it goes because that's where all the movement, that's where all the smells are. That's where everything's coming from. Like it's not going to rampage through empty houses or maybe in the process of going from one church to the other, maybe it did do that. But the only reason that it's accounted for the two churches is because that's where all the people were that were actually physically seeing this thing. Yeah. Well, and well, and the other thing is that at this time, so there was there was a uh, it was called the um, 
the Act of Uniformity, I believe, I think that was the name of it, which basically said that you had to be at church. It was 50, the 1500s. It basically said, like, 1500s Europe, uh, they basically said church is on Sunday, and that's a holy day. Therefore, all holy days, you have to be in church. If you're not, then you're punished. So, obviously, everyone was in church. It's packed. You know, like, you're you're going because, you know, it's like you can't afford to, like, God knows what, like, the hell this punished me. Yeah, they're going to hang you then. and call you a witch or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, are they going to hang me or is it going to be like, what is it like? Are you going to find me or are you going to hang me? What's what's happening here? You know, like, so, but yeah, so, so there would have probably been nobody in town other than at the church, you know? So then you, now you do end up with like, well, is this just a scared animal who runs in terrified of the lightning and whatever, and then just goes, you know, and then like gets scared and starts, you know, snapping at people. Or is this something demonic that specifically targeted the church? Like, I don't know. Do you, uh, by chance, know offhand when the King James Bible was, like, put into, like, circulation? I do not, no. I'm kind of curious if it's around that same time, because then, I mean, kind of getting into a little bit more woo-woo, but you hear about the whole idea of, like, hellhounds, and I wonder if it's one of those things that, like, if it was around the time that they switched over the Bible, if it was just kind of, like, one of those weird spots where it was, like, you know, almost like, I don't want to say, like, sinning or something, but, like, being... Like almost like a fuck you to 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 God, you know, by rewriting certain parts of the book. So it almost seems like I don't know some type of like attack on the church based on maybe something that was going on at that time. And I, I'm just throwing it from the top of my head because I don't know exactly when that was put into effect. But maybe there was something going on in the church, and there was some type of like opening, so to speak, that you know the church wasn't as holy at this time. So this evil creature was able to make its way into the church. And took advantage of it's it. Po- it's possible. I mean, like, so I know that during this time, during that time, there was very little separation of church and, like, uh, the the royalty. You know, it was like, so, you know what I mean? Like, there, it was it was very intertwined. Like the 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 church and the ruler and the ruling class were. It was you know it was kind of like you got to go to church because you got to praise God, but also. Uh, the king is king because God deems it, you know, that sort of like it all got very inner, very incestuous and gross, you know, where it was sort of like taking advantage of power a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's very possible. Yeah. It's, it's very possible that that time, you know, like at that time, that could have been sort of a, like you said, a big fuck you to, you know, what, what about, because the thing is like, you know, a lot of people have asked like, Oh, was this a way to keep people, um, you know, keep people scared and going to church. It's like, well, how would that work? Cause they you got murdered in church. I'm not going to church. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like people, people die there. I go there. Well, yeah. You're mine. They're like, I don't know. I wonder if these two churches specifically may have been like, uh, I don't want to say like reject churches, but maybe churches that were doing something a little bit different or even in the aspect of like, maybe everybody was converting to the new Bible or something. And these two churches refused to do it. And it was uh, some type of like man created attack to, you know, prove a point. Maybe like if you take like a angry ravenous dog and then you don't feed it for weeks on end and then you just release it on a group of people like, you know, what what do you think is going to (laughs) happen? Was well, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that a that a hungry dog was let loose on civilians. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens. That's happened in history a number of times. Um, 
you know, it, it could have been something like that. You know, it could have been a lot of things. I mean, it, you know, it's the thing is like, we'll we'll never know. You know, the thing is, we'll, we'll, it's so far removed that unless, you know, unless some, you know, there's even been stories that there was never a dog at all, that it was actually a bolt of lightning that during the storm that like arced in and, you know, hit, you know, killed the two people and arced and burned the one guy's hand and, you know, there's that it wasn't uh, that there was never a dog. It was just a bolt of lightning that ripped through the place and scared the shit out of everybody. So, but, I mean, it still doesn't explain the door unless like the lightning. I don't know. It, it it's just weird that it, it still doesn't explain the second door. Like maybe they yeah. weren't combined. Maybe there was the one church that got hit by lightning and something totally different happened at the other church. And just because of telephone, maybe like the, the story started becoming combined. But I mean, just still, it kind of throws the lightning aspect out for me. Uh, after seeing the door. Well, and it, the the interesting thing with a lot of this stuff is, so we're, you're dealing with a story that took place hundreds of years ago at this point. So it is very possible that what you're, what you're dealing with here is something happened at one church and then this other church just sort of like uh, co-opted their story. You know what I mean? Like over the hundreds of years that it now like the story that took place at this church now that, because it's a very similar story of both churches that like, is it possible that the story happened in Bungay and then the people in Blytheburg had heard the story and they had told the story enough times that over the hundreds of years, like, I mean, I mean, you're talking like over 400 years at this point, did the people at, at Bungay eventually just get like sort of conflate it and now believe that, Oh, well that happened or the people at Blytheboro thought it happened at their church. You know, because they just told the story so many times. You know, say a couple generations later and there's nobody that was actually there for the event. All of a sudden, it's really easy for stuff to get blurred. Right. And now what you're dealing with is now both churches claim to have had the story happen to them. So it's or it could be multiple events that have happened. I mean, like you could have like five different events happen over the course of 200 years and 200 years since it's been conflated into one event. I mean, who knows? Do these the English people though? They have like a weird way of documenting stuff because it's like they have a lot of these really really fascinating stories, and they have a lot of like oral tradition based on them. But it's and then there's also like physical proof in the land of these things happening. But it's still just like really really clustered. Like a couple examples is like the Green Children of Woolpit. Like there's a whole town that's based off of these two kids that had green skin, and everybody in the town talked about it. And there's just there's so much behind it, but yet it's like you still don't know exactly where to place it. And even another one, Sam the Sandown Clown. It's such a like documented case down to like the kids tell every single detail of like what happened. And it's still just like, you don't know what to think about it. And it's just in general, like these English folklore stories are just, they're a little bit different than American ones. Like we kind of get to the point with the story, but these stories are just like, either maybe it's because of people retelling them so much, or maybe they're documented so well. Like there's just a different way that their, their folklore stories are told. And they just have all these like really fascinating pieces and it, but it's like, you don't know exactly where to place them and what to do with them. Yeah. Well, and, and even the, even the black shuck story, like even what I just said now, or, oh, maybe it was multiple things happened. Whatever. Well, actually, that gets all blown out of the water by the fact that there's a guy named Abraham Fleming who wrote about the or wrote about the entire incident shortly after it happened. And I totally forgot that till just this second. <laughs> so that he was a he was a he was a, a clergyman who wrote about it like shortly after it happened. And so that it kind of blows that all out of the water. Now I think about it, like, oh, was he in one of the churches when it happened? I I don't believe so. He just wrote about it. Um, and so he was, he was a prolific writer and, um, 
Yeah, and he, but he wrote about like shortly after, but so it was called. Oh God, there's a name. The it's a book, and it has a name. Well, it's not much of a book, but it's there's a book called uh, A Strange and. It's like a strange and wondrous something. It's a. I'm trying to look it up real quick here. Yeah. See if I can find it. It's a really yeah. It's a. uh, Yeah, it's a it's a very long title, like a strange and wondrous event at the. That happened at Bungay. See, I keep finding uh, one by Pierce Warren, so I I don't think I'm in the the right era because I'm pretty sure these are all recent books and not something that's like 400 years old. (laughs) Okay. A strange and terrible wonder wrought very late in the parish church of Bungay. That's well, the name of it. That is a mouthful if I've ever heard one myself. That is the title. Yeah. <laughs> a strange and terrible wonder wrought very late in the parish church of Bungay. <laughs> Talk about a difference in people title. from the time too, that everybody's books yeah. now are like blur, burn, yeah. <laughs> like single yeah. words. Everything back then is like Woo. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we got to let people know what it is. Like, oh, Jesus, save something for the back of the book. <laughs> I want you to know the full story of the book just from the damn title. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Considering this is a time where I'm like, well, who the hell was reading this? Who could even read back that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing is that, like, they were writing all these books, and I don't feel like very many people were actually reading them in the time. It was all people, like, a couple hundred years later, and people now that are actually digging back into these old books and are so fascinated with them that a lot of these old authors were way ahead of their time, so to speak, because it's like their work may not have been popular back in the day, but a couple hundred years later, it's like a regular thing that gets talked about. Well, and, and I can tell you that when we were researching this, what I ended up having to do was I took the, I took, because this is written, it was written in what's called middle English. So there's a lot of words that are just like, I don't know what the hell. They're it's saying. like the like, Shakespeare English. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it would have been. Um, so, I mean, I, so originally I went to school to be an English major and I will tell you, even I was like, I don't know what the hell this is saying. So what I ended up having to do was I took it and I finally found a use for chat GPT (laughs) and I pushed it through there and I said, can you simplify this into modern phrasing? It pushed it out and I was comparing going, yeah, this actually, this sounds right. Okay. And then, uh, that was how I, (laughs) that's how I translated it. Cause I was like, I don't know what this is. Cause it was, it's kind of ironic that people couldn't read and write regularly back then, but the, the language is more complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, and it was just the just the choice of words, you know, because it would. The, so the description of, so even like when it describes how it bit this guy, uh, so the one guy is like it bites this guy, and it describes as if everything the man is was drawn together as if a like a piece of leather thrown on a fire, or like a or the mouth of a purse uh, drawn together with a string. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, and the only thing I could come up with is like, if you've ever seen someone get bit, like, are you on, well, that, like, like almost like clay. That's what I'm picturing. Like, yeah. Like the molded. Finger, yeah. Like, and you just kind of like put your fingers in and like pulled it. Like that's what I'm picturing. It looked like it was just like, blah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the descriptions they used to use in old books were like out there, but at the same yeah. time though, they were pretty, pretty damn good descriptions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because once I once I was able to kind of figure out, I was just like, Ooh, oh god! <laughs> See, Lord. then they describe it like that. Now we'd be like, it was a big fucking hole. <laughs> the big, just a 
it just ripped the meat right off the bone, but it was still kind of hanging there. Like, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen Goatsy? Imagine that, but way worse. <laughs> way worse. Way, way worse. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, I guess uh, kind of sliding it into some other stuff, even though I'd love to sure. d- keep digging into this stuff. Maybe we can come okay. back around to it. But I want to make time, of course, to try to spotlight yeah. some stuff as far as uh, Creepy Acres goes. Sure. So um, as far as all of that goes, um, I guess we kind of talked about a little bit by, about why you started it, how you kind of got into it. Um, but like, how did you start to like form your characters? Because I'm always fascinated with people's characters and how they develop them. And uh, if you want to give like a little profile, I guess, for each of your characters and like why you created them, um, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, so when I first started doing this, one of the very first characters I did was the Nathaniel Leonard's character. This is the one that looks like Leonard Nimoy. Um, so I created him. At this point, there is no Creepy Acres yet. I just made the puppet because I just thought, oh, that's cool. And then... Uh, was it just a passion project? Like you just want to do it for fun? Just for fun. I just thought it was cool because it was like an in search of kind of like, oh, yeah, I could make I could make one of him. So I did that. Um, Sam, uh, our main character, the Bigfoot, I actually made him. It would be 10. It was like 10 years ago. I made him on my birthday. I took the day off work. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to make a Bigfoot. Because I love Bigfoot. So I was like, I made this Bigfoot. And then he just sort of, he's just sort of a combination of, well, okay. I don't know if you know who um, the comedian Kyle Kinane is. Uh, I know the name, but I'm not familiar with like his, his demeanor. So, so Kyle Kinane was the original voice of Comedy Central. He was the guy that would be like, coming up next. South oh. Park. Like, and that is a hundred percent who Sam's voice is based on. Hundred percent, like so that that's that's all there is to that. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's as far as it got. So, um, so yeah, so that was where he came from. Uh, the chupacabra uh, Antonio. Uh, so he's a chupacabro, not a chupacabra. So we we specify that because, as he says, chupacabra is feminine. Chupacabro is masculine. Fuck you! Oh, wrong button. I was trying to hit the bruh. <laughs> bruh. Yeah. Chupacá. So, yeah. So we, uh, so for that, for that character, we didn't really have much figured out. We ended up, um, we ended up finding a guy locally here in Minneapolis. Um, I'm in Minneapolis and he's, he's actually Puerto Rican and that's who we got to play the part. And that's how that worked out. <laughs> so, and he basically, most of the character, like he added to that character. He made that character who he is. It's he, he, we, and we've now sort of made the character to be more like him, you know, just to match his personality. Uh, our Jackalope character is another one of our popular ones. Um, I, that's actually the, one of the only puppets I didn't make. It was, uh, that was Gor- our friend, Gordon Smooter, who, who did a Transylvania TV. He made that puppet and uh, just gave it to us. Cause he's like, Hey, you guys, he made it for a, a show he did. And it was a cryptid, and he's like, "You guys do the cryptid thing." So here, why don't you take this? We took it, and uh, our uh, Jeremy, our, our uh, one of our puppeteers, he took it. He just ran with it. Originally, we had uh, our other puppeteer Ben did it, um, but we we wanted just more of an edge, and we wanted him to be more crazy. And Jeremy is both of those things, so we <laughs> gave it to him and just let him. T- and Jeremy actually has the puppet right now. He's somewhere up north. We don't know where. He took him up there because he wanted to go shoot some stuff. We have no idea what the hell he's doing. So. 
we're, we're all going to be surprised. He's going to come back, and there's just going to be a hole in the puppet, and he's going to be like, "There was there was a, a misfire that happened. <laughs> there was an incident. I don't know. There was a hunting so, incident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. So we got that. We have uh, so uh, the dog man Bruce Bruce of Bruce of Bray Road. Um, so he was originally. So I'll, I'll give you the story behind him. This is kind of fun. When I was in high school, I. I wanted to be a, a movie maker. Like I want to make horror movies. So me and all my friends were going to make this horror movie about werewolves. And I actually went and bought a video camera, did all that stuff, whatever. We never made the movie, of course, because we're you know high school kids. But I had promised my friend Adrian, um, Adrian McLeod, I had promised him that uh, someday I was going to I was going to get uh, somehow I was going to get him to play a werewolf, like whatever. Years later, like now, at this point, it was 30 years later, <laughs> we, I made this puppet, and he, when I had him voice the very first time, I had him do the voice. He didn't puppeteer it. He just did the voice for it, and that was that was me keeping that promise to him that he got to play this werewolf finally years later. Um, since that time, uh, Chad, who's our, our writer, he does the voice for, for, uh, for Bruce. He also does the voice for our Bishop Vale Lizard Man, uh, George. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he does both of those guys. Um, and then we have uh, a lot of our guys do multiple characters, you know, like whenever whenever they can. Um, we got uh, – and Ben Ben currently does the, the Skunk Ape. He does Cooter the Skunk Ape. Uh, but he originally started out doing the uh, the Jackalope. But, yeah, any anytime we can get him to, to double up, we can. And, a- and our, our friend Amy – um, our uh, Amy does pretty much every female character we have. She's <laughs> the only woman we know. So her and Lee, uh, her and Lise, and but Lise only does uh, Tara Nichols, the reporter. But Amy does every other female character we need. And uh, for anybody that might not be familiar with uh, what exactly Creepy Acres' form of like comedy is, uh, why don't you kind of let them know a little bit about the style of comedy so they know what they're getting into if they go and check it out. Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe even share some of your favorite episodes that you guys have done. Oh, oh sure, absolutely. Um, well, it's, it's, it's we, we say right up front, it's cryptic comedy, not for kids. Uh, it just means they're swearing. It's, it's, it's uh, pretty, I don't know. I mean, it's nothing horrific, but we got to warn people because they see the puppets and they automatically, oh, my grandkids will love this. Like, oh, don't let them watch it. <laughs> Like I do like to point out that episode four had a very tasteful love scene in it, uh, which is one of my personally one of my favorite episodes, where uh, our our Bigfoot character is being chased uh, through the woods by numerous hunters, and he ends up hiding in an old shed, and he's as he's hiding in the shed, a geriatric old couple comes walking up, and it's literally they're literally modeled after Fred and Daphne from Scooby Doo. <laughs> and because we figured out that a Fred and Daphne, that Scooby Doo, the cartoon came out in the 60s. And if they had been 20 at that time, by this point, they'd be like damn near 70 years old. So we're like, well, let's make them 70 years old. And so we have this geriatric couple come up fighting uh, and like just getting, just ragging on each other. And <laughs> this, I mean, it's so dumb, but like we thought it was so goddamn funny. <laughs> so as Sam is sitting there hiding, and he could see through the window, through the door. He could see through the, the window and the door as he's in the shed. He could see the couple outside. And the spider comes crawling up. Sam is also arachnophobic because he shares that with me. 
and the spider's like crawling towards him and he's like trying to get it to go away. The couple outside now has stopped fighting and they've begun to, and they like now started turning into kind of like a little, a little uh, teasing, you know, whatever. And it's all that passion. You're all wrapped up. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And the spider ends up like jumping and latching onto Sam's face and he's frozen like, ah! yeah, whatever. And meanwhile, the couple outside has now just started going at it. And he's just stuck, like, <laughs> like frozen, like, staring out the window, just watching this old couple, like, go to town on each other. And he's just like, ah! like so. I wonder how many uh, Sasquatch experiences there are where you hear about all the stories about them looking through windows, that it was just yeah. that, that they were trying to hide, and then they are just kind of, like, in that awkward situation after that, and they are just like, uh. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, we, we just thought it was, like, I don't know. There's something, there's something so funny about being stuck in a voyeuristic position. You don't want to be in where it's like, I don't want this. I don't want this to happen. Especially with a geriatric couple. Yeah. Oh yeah. We played it up. We, it was so, Oh God. And we like the music and it was, it was just, it was so grim. It was, it's so grim. And uh, I believe there's an unrated version of it out there somewhere, but. I'm just imagining it like a, that. Uh, what is it, Team America? That that overly done sex scene with that with the puppets. Yeah. Well, we we didn't get that far. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get that far. We didn't have uh, there was no bodily fluids. There was no, the, the the unrated version of that sex scene is horrifying uh, for Team America, but it's uh, I mean, it's funny as hell. It's entertaining. Oh my god! Wow. That was one of those ones that was a little bit too far, but knowing how the creators are of South Park, it's like, yeah, yeah it was in their wheelhouse. Of course, they're going to do that. <laughs> well, well, even even the original version was like, the theatrical version was like, wow, oh my God. And when they had an unrated version, I'm like, what the hell? Like, I can't even imagine what this is going to be. <laughs> and they did not disappoint. They did not disappoint. So They said something with that movie that the whole reason why they did it with puppets is because they hate actors. That's why they did their entire show with just their voices and no other voice actors. So the entire movie was just intended to make fun of actors. So it totally makes sense that it's like you're just watching a movie, just some chill-ass action movie. There's a bunch of crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden there's just this overly done sex scene. You're just like... What the yeah. fuck is the point of this? Why is this in this movie? Like, perfect example, the one in Top Gun. It's just like, why is this yeah. so passionate in the middle of an action movie? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> it's such a it's such a bizarre addition, but I, I always kind of feel like stuff like that is jammed in, or at least I think they think they're putting it in that that part, they're putting it in there for the women who have been dragged there by their husbands. Or their boyfriends. That's what I think the 80s, that's what I think they were thinking in the 80s. I don't know about now. But I mean, at least back in the 80s, you didn't have porn as easily available. So it's like, you know, a scene like that in a movie, somebody can easily take that one home in the good old spank bank. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's, yeah. (laughs) Now it's like, that's if you could type it, it's right there at your fingertips. Knock yourself out. Whatever you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Anything in a movie ain't doing nothing for nobody no more. <laughs> wow. We we live in a world where cryptid erotica exists on Amazon and you can just buy it like right now. That's bizarre, but there it is. <laughs> Dude, I had somebody on at one point. Oh, I'm brain farting on which which show it was. It was a long time ago. But they specifically wrote cryptid erotica and they did it as like audio drama style and i remember they shared this one with me where it was this woman who went to lake loch ness and fell in love with the loch ness monster and it was so like overly done to the point where they're talking about like blasting it's like please you store fluid all over her face i'm just like <laughs> they're trying to show it to me and they're just like dying laughing 
Yeah. <laughs> like that shit is great. <laughs> but there's actually people that listen to that and actually like oh, God. get off by that. It's not just like, yeah. haha, this is funny to them. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that person's making that person's making probably good bank doing that crap too. But, I mean, <laughs> hey, each their own. Knock yourself up, but it's just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, those are the same people that are getting turned on by uh, serial killers and stuff too. It's like you had you secretly have some type of repressed psychopathic gene in your head. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the one of the stories that we had like written in our head was that Sam, the way Sam is, because everyone's like, because Sam lives in a, is lives in a house like out in the woods, but it's like it's a, like an underground house that just sort it looks like an apartment because it's basically it's my house because we shoot around my house. <laughs> but but the the running gag was that. He made his living by by writing uh, cryptid erotica, and then and but then got ousted by some some uh, some Midwest mom started writing it and kind of knocked him out. Like no one likes his stuff anymore; they like her stuff. So now he makes a living by selling uh, by selling uh, casts of his own feet on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bigfoot version of OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, it's just like ah, you know, it's like. He's just scraping by, like whatever. As long as he makes enough to get to get microwave burritos at the gas station, he doesn't give a shit. So <laughs> now offering used body hair. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, it's fun. Like I said, we're having fun with it, but not trying to make fun of it. So it's a lot of. I mean, we're having a blast. Well, I mean, at least with the Sam character. I mean, for a lot of creators, I've noticed that there's always that one character in their creation that they label off themselves. And it's like a means to like vent the other side of their personality. And it seems that Sam at least has done that for you, at least from all the different things that you've said. So, I mean, even taking that aspect into consideration that, you know, if you don't want to offend people, like you're not really like fully offending people. If you're making the character, like basically like your other part of your personality that doesn't necessarily like get portrayed, you know? He's yeah, you know, it's interesting because like it's it's interesting because I have female friends of mine who love Sam. They're in love with Sam. Don't give a shit about me, but they love Sam. And it's like that's so upsetting to me. <laughs> I just imagine that thing from uh from Ted where he's like, I fucked her with a turnip. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's such a it's such a bizarre thing to me, but it's like he he is a chunk of my personality, but um, but, but it's kind of, like, to me, our characters are essentially like, um, the cast of it's always sunny in Philadelphia where it's like, none of them are good. They're all kind of selfish and out for themselves, but there's, there's a bond that they all have with each other, but they would stab each other in the back in a heartbeat. Like that's, so that's kind of like our characters are sort of based on that. Our cryptid characters are sort of based on that. Now we, we aren't like that, but, but it does give us the opportunity to kind of play with this other this other part of us. You like that, exaggerate like the bad parts of your personality that you can't yes. normally do. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Sam is, ex- Sam is ex- excessively greedy and, and he doesn't really give a shit about anybody, you know, you know, like he's just ah, whatever. like, which is opposite. You know, well, like he'll say things like, look, hundred percent, you're going to be okay. Probably. Like, he'll, <laughs> like he'll, he just has to throw that in there at the end. Like, look, just go out there, do it. You'll be fine. God, just trust me. Jesus Christ. Nothing's going to happen. Probably. <laughs> and which is opposite of my personality because my personality is like i'm o- like i overly care for my friends and i overly worry about them and whatever so it's like there's party it's like oh it'd be nice to not give a shit oh that'd be good <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> so, 
it's that means of being able to express like the parts of your personality again that you normally can't do yeah. and uh it's it's a good means of venting because it's like a lot of people like will repress certain things and when you find like a means to create it's like you have the like thoughts in your head that you don't really you can't really place them you can't really do anything with them but it's like you find it funny so it's like you have to create this like other persona in order to like place it there and in turn again it ends up doing like good for like yourself mentally because then it's like you have somewhere to stick that instead of just keeping it as like you know rude repressed thoughts in the back of your head possibly you know and 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 Sam the thing with Sam is like it's like I'm gonna tell you man it's so bizarre with this stuff is because like Sam has his own vocabulary. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at Bet MGM, simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. That I don't use in my day-to-day life, which is weird. (laughs) You know, it's like, even when I do like, when I do like the Nathaniel Leonard's, the Leonard Nimoy puppet, like he has his own vocabulary that he uses and it's words I don't use. You know, it's like, it's bizarre. It's just like, he has a cadence that the way he speaks and it's just, they kind of have their own. You just sort of inhabit that character it becomes like its own thing. And the crazy thing with Sam is Sam does not have, he doesn't have a filter. So I literally say the first thing comes to mind and that's it. Like pretty much every time we, I use him, it's like, whatever he's going to say, whatever comes to mind, say it and, and deal with what it, and there are no like just deal with the consequences after after he says it. But it's directed at us at, at a puppet, so you're good. <laughs> so you're good, exactly. And it's also like, and it also kind of gets you off like that. It's that impulse thing where it's like where we all have to worry about the things we say and oh, like I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And he just says shit, and it's and because it's a puppet, a lot of people just laugh, and it's like all right, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like obviously, you kind of get into like a whole like persona for each of these characters. Yeah. Um, is is that like a hard thing to do? Like, especially if you're like switching it up. Like, like how deep do you get like mentally into the characters when you're trying to like portray these things? Like, are you like almost like embody them at that point where you're just on like a sort of like euphoric high of being somebody else to a certain extent where you're like not yourself temporarily, like that method actor kind of thing. You know, I I don't like I don't get into that. I don't get into it that that deep. It's fun. It's a blast. But I don't get into it where it's like, don't talk. Like, I can only be this kid. Well, while I'm holding the puppet, don't talk to me. Like, I, like, you know, it's like, I don't get into, into it like that. But it is interesting. Like, once the puppet goes on and, and I'm using it, that it, it then, like, like I said, like the, my vocabulary changes to match that character. Like, so, like, when I do Nathaniel Leonard's, like, you know, just his cadence, the way he talks and stuff, where he'll be like, you know, uh, just this, just the bizarre, like, he'll be, like, uh, let's see if I can even think of something off the top of my head. He'll be like, um, it is without a doubt 
the most amazing creature ever known to man. Like, like it's just this weird, like he just, he has his own way of talking and, and like it never crosses over. Like when I do Sam, Sam is just Sam. And he, and Sam just talks away. Hey, whatever. I, I don't give a shit. I don't, whatever you say, what do you want? Like it, but it never crosses over. I never confuse the two. They just got their own thing. And, and none of them are the way I speak, which is they just got their own little bubble that they live in. Dude. And I, I don't know where they come from. That's just where they live, though. <laughs> Dude, I love hearing people that do multiple voices for, like, cartoons, for different things, because it's, it's so fascinating. Like, I'm seeing your face as you're doing these voices, but, like, if you're just hearing this on audio aspect, like, sure. it sounds like totally different people. Like, you, people that are able to, like, mimic voices and do that kind of stuff, like, it's crazy. It's, like, it's fascinating to me that you can, like, change your voice enough and get the cadence going in your head to completely almost, like, be a different person as you're doing these characters. Yeah. Like, it's really, really cool. It's it's wild. I mean, like, I don't use the vampire very much, but when I use that's my uh, my coworker, he loves the vampire. He thinks I should be doing the vampire all the time. And I, and that's uh, Max von Shriek. He's our Nosferatu. Um, but that guy, like, he's he's got and like, and he's got his. He's like, uh, um, he wanted to, the whole thing with him is he's a vampire that wants to give up being a vampire. He wants to be a stand up comic. <laughs> I already love the persona. Just because we thought it was funny, and and it was just like. Um, you know, it was stuff like, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to even think like, so how about that Bill Cosby? What a piece of shit that guy turned out to be. Ah, you know, like, like, but it's just, it's just very much a stereotypical vampire, whatever. But, but it's interesting. Cause when, when he talks or when I talk as him, that all of a sudden he gets these weird inflections in his voice that like, they just happen. It kind of reminds me of like a New England vampire. Like if you took yeah. like the count from like Sesame Street and then made him live in like Boston for a couple of years, yes. like it kind of reminds me and has that like feel to it. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah, and and it's it's just bizarre. And and our Abner, that's another, that's actually one of my oldest puppets. He's just a he's basically looks like an old curmudgeon-y orange kind of Oscar the Grouch looking thing. But he he's he's just got a very much an old guy. Hey, what what, what well, look at this piece of shit? What what the hell's going on over here? <laughs> look at this fucking guy. Look at this fucking yeah. <laughs> like, but his his whole thing was we did a his whole thing was yeah. Back in my day, uh, you know, we didn't have cryptids and all this bullshit. It was just monsters were monsters, and and ghosts were ghosts, and people were food. Now, <laughs> now you fuckers. Now you now you all like fucking. Ooh, I'm a I'm a vampire. Ooh, I'm a bigfoot. Fuck you. Make it all complicated. Screw it all up. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, one of those old guys that you'd find like sitting outside of a gas station when you're driving like across the country that they're just yes. like hanging outside in like a plastic chair outside of the gas station spitting. <laughs> yeah, that's ex- yeah, that's exactly. It's like he that character is basically every it's every old guy who used to live in my hometown <laughs> that would, like sit at the sit at the local cafe, you know, and they're just like, you know, like yeah. At one point he's like, oh yeah, back in my day, uh, I worked at all the great show there in Hollywood. I worked at. Uh, Work with uh, Frankenstein Macher. Yeah, he was a he was a crowd. He was a crowd. He's a good boy. He's a good guy, but he was a crowd. That was a problem. Crowd. <laughs> like, the hell calls him? But like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Dude, the expressions oh. that old people would use were the best, especially the ones yeah. like the the go to terms. You know, like uh, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but the only one I can always go to is like two birds one stone. But just like those funny old expressions that like elderly southern people used to do were like the absolute oh, yeah. fucking best and half the time it's like if you don't have context you're just like what the fuck does that mean 
And we were talking about English earlier. It's like, imagine being somebody that's like, you know, speaks another language and then you hear some of these expressions that these old gas station, you know, middle America guys use. And they're just like, what the fuck is this guy saying? (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, as the crow flies, that's a a perfect one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I I get fascinated by it. Like, like, so years ago I heard uh, uh, an interview with Stan Lee and I picked up, he, continuously kept saying you see he would end every sentence with well so i so i created the i created spider-man you see and like he he had like the he had the the webbing under his arms you see and like he kept saying you see at the end and i was like what the hell is that and then like i started watching other interviews of other people and that was like a that was like something people said at that time like whatever era he was from because i was picking up all these old guys from that era they they would end their sentences with that phrase you see you see and it was like so that was like a verbal filler for that generation whatever you know whatever whereas like my generation is like um and uh and fuck you and, you know whatever you know, like <laughs> my grandma used to go around at the end of every sentence and i've held, i've yeah. seen a bunch of like elderly people that do it and it's just like where did that even come from they're just be like yeah and then you know this happened it's not even like a word it's just a sound like what is that <laughs> yeah. yeah like i said my, my generation is like we we now, you know, like most of my friends, we just jam the F word into everything. Yeah. yeah you know, me, like, I'm one of them. I, I swear yeah. like a fucking sailor. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have uh, my one friend's had a joke for the longest time that it was like, he said, he said something about like, yeah, I went and saw that, that f- poke a fucking Hannes movie. And the other guy was like, you fucking jammed a fucking, you jammed the word fuck right in the middle of that. As if like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like you can put fuck anywhere in a sentence and yeah. it works. You can even put it in the middle yeah. of a word and it still works. <laughs> it's yeah, one of those not your way to be vulgar on that. That's crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Talk about her progression of language and just another one that I catch myself doing all the time. And I think it's like a more recent generation variation of exactly what you were saying. And I know I've probably said it 30 times to this interview and my listeners hear it all the time is I'll end stuff with, you know, and that seems to be like the new variation of that because I caught myself saying it all the time. And then I started catching other people saying it. And I'm just like, wow, that is a really like a universal thing that a lot of people do. It's like a, it's not necessarily needed, but sometimes you just like, you'll have a conversation, you'll say something and it doesn't necessarily require like a word response. So you use like these phrases just so that people will like give you like a head nod or something like that, just to like make sure you heard what they, they're hearing what you're saying kind of a thing. So it's just like a, just to prove a point or just to like make a point, you want to make sure the person heard what you're saying. So you drop that at the end so that they have to respond back. So you're subconsciously like making sure they're paying attention, you know? Yeah. As I do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's interesting, but it's like, yeah, I, 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 a hundred percent agree with that, that, you know, has replaced that previous than this. I mean, Stan Lee would have been multiple generations ago that the, you see, it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's basically just ending it. You, you see, and then see now before they start explaining yeah. something, that was yeah. the other one. There was a beginning and an end. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you're dead on. I think you're, you're dead on. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, actually, I wanted to, uh, I know that I, I talk about Wendigos a lot on this show. Yeah. And just because I'm seeing them sitting in the background, um, sure. if you wanted to kind of give a profile of your Yeti and your Wendigo, that would also be really cool. Because I know that those those are other two that people would probably love to be able to hear a little bit about. So our, so our Yeti, um, we've only used him, I believe, once or twice. Uh, he, his voice is based on Bootsy Collins. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so... so 
Yeah, baby. You know, like get funky, like, baby. Groove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's in a, he was in our very first episode. Um, he lives in the Himalayas, obviously. Uh, he's extremely lonely and is not necessarily is not necessarily gay, but is very likely just so lonely. He'll any he's at like anything. He doesn't care, man. I just want to come up and give everybody a hug. And when I come up and I spread my arms to give him a hug, they all run. I don't understand. (laughs) Well, he's so, yeah. Like in like what in our very first episode or second episode, uh, after, uh, after, uh, Sam, uh, like finds out he's being accused of stuff on TV of essentially potentially, uh, Raping a guy. <laughs> you just got to drop that in there really subtle. Just had to drop that in there. Potentially raping it. Um, and he's like, what the hell is this? I know. What is all of Sam, all of Sam, the Bigfoot, all of his uh, cousins and family, including the Yeti, the skunk ape, the orang pendek, uh, the Yowie. They all start calling him and going, what the hell is going on? What is this stuff I'm seeing on TV? Whatever. And that was our character, the Yeti. When he calls, he's like, oh, I get it, man. You're just lonely sitting there by yourself. And, you know, maybe you just found the, you know, found yourself, you know, fi- you just wanting to find yourself in the strong arms of another strong man. I can rub his muscle. Everybody. I get it, man. He's like, what the hell? Are you- no, what are you talking about? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, no, you don't got to pretend anymore, man. It's, it's, it's not like that. You know, like, but of course, but we did the whole thing, uh, trying to do our best Bootsy Collins impersonation because we love Bootsy Collins, but. That's perfect voice too. I, I can imagine that one for you. <laughs> and the yeah, persona is perfect because that would be the one that's like secluded. That's just like, Oh, just anybody just come and love me. I get it, man. It's, you know, like I say, he's not necessarily gay. He's just extremely lonely. Just so lonely. <laughs> what's, what's the expression? I ain't gay, but $20 is $20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, only gay. If you look him in the eyes, that's what they said on South yeah. park. Oh damn. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> um, and so, and, and our, 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 uh, Wendigo, we have not introduced yet. Uh, he will, he's in an upcoming episode. I don't want to say too much about him, but if you uh, want, you I, can do a little bit of a teaser to get people excited without giving too much away. Yes. I will say that, uh, his, I, I will say that his voice is, uh, based, will be, or is based on, uh, Buffalo Bill. From, uh, <laughs> I can already, yeah. I can already hear it in my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah, yeah, you could get, you could picture. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys couldn't stop me if you wanted to, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's exactly. I'm just so hungry. I gotta keep you guys down there because I, yeah. I need the food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's per- pretty much it's just the, yeah, you know, it's just it's the it's called vocal fry. It's just that that blown out. What it, you know, but he's still coming. We haven't we haven't gotten around to him yet. <laughs> you got to do a scene where he's like, "Would you eat me? I'd eat me." <laughs> <laughs> we we did a in oh god, so it was in our Christmas our Christmas special this year. We had a scene. We actually recreated somewhat that scene, but it was the skunk ape, <laughs> and and he he's like, <laughs> so we had an elf on the shelf spying on all of our cryptids trying to find out if they're being good or bad. And so he's spying on the skunk ape and the skunk ape is like, you know, puts on the, this music and it's, and it was the Chad, writer Chad. <laughs> he, yeah. Our writer Chad did an awesome job of making a kind of a fake version of that song. 
And it, it, he he called it uh, Yahoo Cowboys. <laughs> Yahoo Cowboys. Yeah, like it was so damn good. But the whole time we have Cooter the Skunk Ape, and he puts on these antlers, a little bell around his neck, he's eating grass, and he's like, "Would you hunt me? I'd hunt me." I don't suspect a thing. I'm just out here grazing in the grass. I wouldn't feel a thing. <laughs> it's so weird. And then at one point, it pans down, and, and and you see just these you see these men's legs in fishnet stocking dancing. Like, uh, it's it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Moo. <laughs> Oh man, for anybody that hasn't checked out Creepy Acres, I after this conversation, it's like you kind of have to. Like after hearing all of the crazy ridiculousness that you guys do over there, like it's so original. Nobody else is doing it. All the, all the stuff that you guys are producing, it's just so original, oh, and it's awesome that you guys have kind of made your mark and found your niche, and you guys just keep expanding into even more stuff that's even more niche and original. And it's just well, it's awesome. You guys are creating over there. Oh, thank you so much, man. You know, and and. The thing is, like, and we don't we don't like to think of like I know a lot of people like you know we don't we don't want people to ever feel like we're trying to be competition to them. We're trying to make our own thing, and I mean, there's a lot of great podcasts out there, and there's a lot of great uh, people making uh, you know like uh, uh, like Strangeology does great videos and stuff about strange stuff, and and like you know your podcasts. There's people doing awesome stuff, and we and we actually do the best we can to try to promote other people. And stuff just because we we love this stuff and we want everyone to succeed. And so and we kind of hope that we sort of carved out our own little space over on the side that no one ever you know feels like we're stepping on their toes or anything. So I mean that's one of the great things about the cryptic community versus a lot of other things is that there's not like everybody says, Oh, there's not competition in podcasting, but there's still like subtle competition. But at least from what I've seen with like the cryptic community, like I really don't like everybody supports each other. Everybody wants to do yeah. stuff with each other. Like it's a totally different feel because it's not like anybody's trying to be the number one show on the top. They just want everybody to succeed all together. And out of all the podcasting circles, like I've never seen a more somebody that really lives into that more than like the cryptid community. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I, and like all the shows and stuff I've been to, I have never, I've never met anyone that I thought was. You know, I've never met like an asshole. You know, then mm. I've just been like, oh, that guy's a douchebag. Like, I, you know, like I haven't really run into that. I've met people that kind of was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, like I've had, I've had people that have showed up at the shows that have come up and just started talking to me about the shit that they saw, you know, that like, you know, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not the guy to talk to, man. Like, Some people get so, really, really intense really quick. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. And I, and I don't know if it's like because I got the puppet or they see the long hair and I look like I'm like, I've had people, they just walk up and they start ta- telling me about, this really personal, horrific thing that they that happened to them. Like, oh God, there's so many better people here than me. I'm just some dumb shit with a puppet. Get the like, I'm not the guy. Okay, <laughs> Do you need I'll to talk to, to somebody? I, I I can make the puppet talk if you need to. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, you're dealing with some serious shit. Ah, uh, like, but I'm not. But I'll I I sit there and I, I listen. I listen and I feel terrible. But because a lot of the people, um, you can tell they're really dealing with some real stuff. And, uh, and maybe the, maybe the puppet makes them feel comfortable. I don't know. And if so, great. I'll listen to them. If that's all they need. Great. I'm there for them. That's what I was kind of thinking is that sometimes it's like, depending on the encounter, it's really, really hard to tell somebody. 
And especially if you have the whole idea about people won't believe you, this, that. And of course, like the crypto community is the place to do that. But if there's somebody specifically that has a Sasquatch puppet, it's like, you know that that person's a unique individual. So like, maybe it's just that comfort feeling that you know that that person is out there in a good way that that's, that's where the comfort zone comes in. It's not like you're going to end up talking to some really intense, whatever researcher, maybe again, they just want to be able to tell somebody. And the guy with the puppet, of course, is the guy that's not going to like, you know, tell them they're wrong or this or that, like they're not going to judge. It's just, it's, it's the puppet. It makes people more comfortable. It's the same idea with like, uh, you know, when kids have trauma, things like that, they talk to the doll instead of talking to the person directly or it's yeah. it's just that comfort factor even with like kids reading and stuff like that they say like tell your kid to read to their stuffed animal instead of you and it gets rid of that that awkward feeling that where, where they end up staggering over things and they can't get out get it out comfortably like it's just easier for people to talk to a character sometimes instead of like an actual like person person right and and, and like i said man if that if that is what it is awesome you know like i'm i'm more than willing to, to listen to them but it is like like i my fear is like I don't want to be. I don't like. I don't want to give. Them, like I don't want to give them bad info. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're, they're dealing with some real heavy trauma stuff, it's like, oh man, like you need. You, like I, I'm just some dumb shit with a puppet. I, I can't help you, but I'm. I can listen, but that's about it. You know, like if that helps, great. I'm here for you. But if you, if you, if you now need advice, uh, I, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Well, I mean, that's like half the thing with the crypto community, I feel, is that it's uh, a support community more so than anything for people who have had these experiences and don't know who to share them with. So just being in that that mind space and that that group of people is just an instant comfort thing for people because it's like one of those weird places where it's like you can almost like let your freak flag fly, so to speak, and not have to worry about being judged by anybody because everybody that's there believes in the phenomenon, otherwise they wouldn't be there in the first place. Where it's like, even Sasquatch, where, you know, in the community, that's like the most talked about one. You tell somebody in the community a Sasquatch story, like, nobody's trying to, like, argue with you about it or anything. But you go to anybody in your typical normal life, and that's still so out there fringe to them that it's like, nobody wants to believe that stuff. But, like, as far as, like, the cryptic community goes, that's, like, the entry level. Like, anybody's like, yeah, tell me a fucking Sasquatch story. Like, that's how I got into this in the first place. (laughs) And, and, you know, and part of the thing is like what, what, what my dream was for creepy acres was that it would be sort of an entrance point for people. Like we'd get them with the comedy. They think it was funny. And then maybe, and then maybe they would ask themselves, you know, maybe that would cause them to then ask, well, you know, well, what about, well, I don't know. Have you ever thought about, you know, Bigfoot? Have you ever thought of whatever? Like, because like, I, I like, I know like my, so like my sister, um, she doesn't have time for any of this shit. You know, she's not into this stuff, whatever, but she owns a Bigfoot book now. Like she's, you know, she's listened to the stuff and she's, she, she thinks about it now from time to time. Uh, like my mom knows what Mothman is, which she's a 77 year old woman who now knows what Mothman is. Not only knows what Mothman is, knows about the movie, knows about the bridge, knows all that stuff. So it's like, it's, it is kind of interesting that um, it's kind of coming to fruition where it's like, I feel like, this is sort of opening doors for people who wouldn't normally look at this stuff that through the comedy aspect, they're willing to, to take a look at it or peek at it at least. Well, I mean, I feel like that's, it's been like a dip through society where it's like back in the day, everybody believed in weird phenomenon because people were really, really religious. And then you had the like down spot where it's like, it was in between that and where we are now where nobody wanted to believe in anything. Everything was just exactly as it was. 
And then now, because of just the way society is, um, all the like alien stuff that people talk about, like people are more willing to accept strange phenomenon now. And even just for the sake of, you know, the world's primarily for the most part, like discovered as far as like what we can do, like bottom of the ocean, not so much. So it's like people still crave that exploration of the unknown. And if people aren't getting that, where back in the day, it was like, you know, the next town over is the unknown. Now it's like, you can connect with anybody. There's still that like thirst for the unknown and people are just getting back into that because of that. And I mean, it's just shit for Sasquatch. I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday that when I first started doing my podcast, which is like about two years ago or so, like I didn't see Sasquatch stuff like anywhere. It was just like a little niche thing. You'd see like a little corner rack or something somewhere that maybe had like a Sasquatch sticker. And now it's like the past couple of days, perfect example. I go into Taco Bell. There's this dude that has this big ass uh, Sasquatch tattoo on his arm. Uh, and then I'm driving back to work after going, oh, that was a cool Sasquatch tattoo. And I see two people that have Sasquatch stickers on the back of their car. And then another story, I know I told this one on the show, but I think it's pretty cool because it was like that first, like somebody seeing me in person kind of a thing. I go to this burger place that I go to all the time and I see somebody that has a Sasquatch sticker on the back of their car. And I always play this game when I go into a public place. When I see that, I'm like, all right, which one's the Sasquatch guy? You know, because usually you can kind of tell. So there's this guy and he's, you know, has his backwards hat. He kind of has that like that fisherman look kind of thing. And I'm like, that's got to be the guy. I know it's the guy. And I'm like mm-hmm. talking to my girlfriend about it. And I'm like, you know, doing that little weird, awkward side eye thing. Cause I'm like, that's the, that's the yeah. guy. And the guy's doing the same thing to me. So I'm like, Oh shit. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm probably making this guy uncomfortable. He probably thinks I'm like staring at him or something. Right. So then he, uh, I see him bring up his phone and he shows it to his girlfriend and he has the bizarre encounters, uh, Instagram up. I'm like, Oh shit, this guy listened to the show and he never ended up coming up and talking to me or anything like that. But it's just, it's cool to see that it's like the phenomenon's yeah. expanding to the point where it's like, you know, people like us that are just trying yeah. to just talk about the phenomenon and get it out in the airwaves. It's like, it's awesome that people are starting to pick up on that. And it's really cool when you can actually like connect with it and see it in person that, you know, we're actually, you know, helping to kind of promote yeah. this kind of stuff and make it so that people are digging into this kind of stuff and questioning stuff around them. Well, and, and I could tell you the, for my first, my first experience with ever being recognized was I was, uh, this would have been 20, 2019. Uh, Chad, my writer, uh, and myself, Chad, we went to the Horror Hound uh, Festival in. Uh, we were at the Horror Hound Festival in uh, Indiana, in Indianapolis. So we we're, which was so Horror Hound was like this horror festival, but then they had this side thing called Factor Fiction, and it was sort of a, a, a like a, a side festival that was part of it. That was so they had like, a, like the um, they had like Bob Gimlin was in there. And they had uh, Giorgio Sukalos was in there, and a bunch of you know, a bunch of other like big names for this stuff. And we had our little table in the corner, you know, whatever. So I left, I left and went out, and I was standing in line to go get a picture with Elvira. <laughs> and I had Sam in my, I had Sam in my bag, and his head sticking out because I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a picture of her with Sam. That's my get, my goal. So I'm standing in this line of like two, three hundred people, and we're just. And you know they they like snake you up and down, you know, like you know they the the line goes up and then turns around, comes back, comes back, you know, and just trying to conserve space. Yeah, and I'm just stuck in there, and I got my little bag, whatever, and and whatever, and I got Sam's head sticking out so it doesn't get squished, but I don't want to be walking around with the big puppet sticking out. But I got him in the bag, and all of a sudden a guy, like uh, there's this guy that's standing like three rows over and like maybe ten feet back. All of a sudden he just screams, "Creepy acres!" and I'm like what the hell? Like, I was like, what, what is that? And I turn around, there's this guy and he's all excited. 
and he was like, "Good news, I love you guys." Like, oh my god! Like, I had never. That's the only. I had never experienced that before, where it was like someone recognized us, and like that guy. So I went. I was like, oh, "Hey!" And he came up, and we talked for a little bit, and then later on, he came up to our booth, and we were talking and stuff. And then while we were there, this woman came up, and she was talking about how her sons were going to be so jealous because they watch our videos, and that they didn't come with to this festival and they were going to be so jealous. They didn't come with And I'm like, so let's shoot a video. So I had her shoot a video with Sam saying like, what the hell's the deal, man? You your fucking loser. You? Yeah, you lose. <laughs> Why is your mom cooler than you? What the hell? Yeah, whatever. And, but it was, it's a weird experience when all of a sudden you meet people who are enjoying your, your, your stuff that you're creating. And you're not even, you're not even aware that there's people out there that, are even paying like I always feel like we're just screaming into the wind, you know. Like people watch our videos, but we never really hear much from people. That's what I'm always saying on my show. It's like I see the numbers, but I don't necessarily see the faces. And it's always nice yeah. when somebody pops out of the woodwork and is like, "I love your show. I love what you're doing." It's yeah. like I know that you're all out there. Just more often than not, just shoot us a message. Let us know you guys enjoy it. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's 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 interesting because it's like I don't think people understand that. Like you know, a lot of people think cre- you know, and I don't know about you, but like for ourselves, like creepy acres, a lot of people think we're bigger than we are. They think that we're like, you know, they they think that we like we're a like a production house, and it's like it's I'm a guy in a house with, and we shoot everything in my garage. Dude, you know? same <laughs> for me too. I started doing the Open Minds Media intro in the beginning of my show is like my little snippet because I use that for inquiries and for bizarre encounters. As soon as I started yeah. doing that, people like again they they think that you're like bigger than what you really are it's like bro i'm just yeah. just like you you're just a guy in your house i'm just a dude in my house with a microphone you know like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it's it's and it's like and and it would help you know that if it would help that uh you know if people it would help like if if people uh recognize that it's like that that like we're just people doing this stuff you know it's like we're just like you know if you, if you like the stuff, if you like the content, let the people know that you like it. Cause, cause that may be the only thing that keeps them to make more of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of cases, a lot of people are just like, I don't know. Like do, I mean, there's been so many times we thought about just hanging this up. Cause it was like, I, I think that's know. just I mean, the battle of a normal creator. It has its ups and yeah. downs. Like no matter what you're going to, you have to push through and keep doing it. Cause you know that you want to do it and that you should do it. But it's like, yeah. you definitely have your ups and downs where you're like, do I, is there, am I, why am I doing this still? Is anybody even, <laughs> Yeah, is anyone even paying attention? We now, now I gotta say, we we do have, we do have some extremely, uh, uh, some extremely loyal fans. You know that we we have like a handful of people that are like our go to. Like we, I mean, we love those guys. Oh yeah, same uh, here. I think every show has like their their top top uh, interactors. I, I want to say I wasn't gonna say listeners because you guys are a little bit different, but yeah, top like interacting um, listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the thing is, and it's interesting because the stuff we do is varied enough that some of the people who watch our videos don't necessarily, uh, don't necessarily interact with our, uh, our today and creepy history posts. Like they don't really care about that stuff. They, they like the puppet characters, you know, and they like the comedy, they like that stuff. And then we have other people who like the today and creepy history posts that don't even know we do comedy videos with the puppets which is crazy but it's like that's the world that's the reality that's what we're you know 
Yep. I mean, same thing with mine, dude. There's a bunch of people that listen to Bizarre Encounters, but not Inquiries. And there's a bunch of people that listen to Inquiries, but not Bizarre Encounters. It's like, you have to be multifaceted because you never know what might spark somebody's interest. And it might be, again, in the same field. It's just the manner in which you do it catches people's interest differently, you know? Yeah. Well, that that was actually one of the main reasons why we decided to do the podcast. Because it was like, well, what's a way? So we got these funny videos that get some views we got but we got these today in creepy history posts that get a, like a lot of traction online uh especially in the I community mean, too like the community reposts those things like crazy yeah and, and and pretty much anytime i post a new one uh it's it's interesting because like i only like i was only looking at like the amount of times it was shared from us but it wasn't until later i figured out oh yeah but it gets but it gets shared to other people and then they share it and then once I figured that out, again, like I'm making this shit up as I go. I'm an old man. <laughs> like I figured this out as I go, you know. So it's like all of a sudden, I like I start looking at the insights and I start realizing, oh, that wasn't shared 50 times. It was shared 300 times, or that wasn't shared 300 times. It was shared like a you know 15,000 times. Like oh my god, like because I'm only seeing the numbers of what it was shared from my page, not from where it went from there. You know, like so figuring that stuff out. Um, it, it kind of gives you hope that it's like, okay, people are really enjoying this. Well, let's keep doing it. And then it was like, well, how do we now combine these two things? And that's why we decided to do the podcast. Say, and I'm really digging the podcast so far. I know you guys are probably only like three episodes deep into it now at this point, but anybody that hasn't gone and checked it out, highly recommend that you do. Cause you guys have a, you pretty much like incorporate your posts, but into a podcast, like you guys did exactly what you were trying to set out to do. And it turned out perfect. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, the the thing I I was really in love with the idea of, um, I really wanted to do the the audio reenactment, like that was the part that I was like really excited about, where where we retell the story with the narrator, but we got the sound effects and we got the, and and the music and and. Do you use the puppets while you're doing the sound effects, or you're while you're doing the voices, or you just do the voices when you're doing the show? When when I'm doing the show, I literally we're just doing the voices. Oh, I didn't know if you actually got the puppet out. Like you know, some people yeah. it's like you have to have it to fully get into that persona kind of a thing. No, no. But the the interesting thing is, so what? Sometimes what we do, I'll I'll, I'll tell you how the sausage is made here. Made. <laughs> um, so what we so we do all of our stuff on Zoom, and what we end up doing is we, when we do the interviews, uh, we record everyone separately, and then. Uh, afterwards, what a, a lot of times will happen is I'll then go back and I'll change Sam's lines to make him funnier. That's about it. <laughs> you know, it's like because we could chop out just his stuff. Like he'll still he'll still say the same thing, but we're like, oh, he should have said this or he should have said that, and then we'll change it, or we'll or we'll take out like sometimes I just kind because it's all ad lib. You know, we're all interviewing as we go, and uh, it just a lot of times like I'll get very rambly like now <laughs> no you're good <laughs> so, oh thanks man but uh, but i get very rambly when i'm doing because i'm trying to ask a question but i'm trying to think of like how do i want to ask this question whatever and so a lot of times i'll just go back chop that out and then reword it and then add something funny to it you know i mean it's hard enough to ad lip let alone doing a character and making good punchy jokes while you're ad lipping like i don't yeah. think you'd be able to do it any other way honestly especially with like a free flow interview type show like yeah. oh man it always kills me when i like think of the good joke like after it's already like lost its perfect placement and you're just like damn it like i, I wish i would have it's too the moment's gone like you can't go back to it you know but 
well, and there, and there's sometimes it's like, oh, I like I get an instant where like, like I wanted to say something, but then I don't like. So we were um, we were interviewing uh, Troy Taylor. And Troy Taylor, um, mostly known for ghosts, a lot of ghost stuff, uh, uh, criminal, uh, like mob, like uh, um, true crime, like that kind of stuff. But he had written uh, two books, uh, Weird Illinois and Monsters of Illinois. And we were doing, uh, on our second episode, we were doing the Thunderbird, the Lawndale Thunderbird attack, the kid who got attacked by the bird. Kid who got picked up yeah. and carried, what was it, like 30 feet? Uh, a yeah. couple feet up in the air? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and that guy's and, still around to tell the story. If anybody wants to go and check that out. <laughs> yeah, well, if he he doesn't really talk to a lot of people. But if you can get him, good luck, man. Um, but I, he's got to be like we figured he's got to be in his sixties by this point. Oh, there's so many recorded interviews. I'm sure if you look up his yeah. name, you could probably find like thirty interviews with him talking about it. Oh, probably. Yeah, and um, but but the the interesting thing was uh, during that interview, Troy Taylor said. And I'm I'm not gonna throw him under the bridge, uh, throw him under the bus here, but it was just a funny thing that like he at one point he said he was talking about how much stuff he does because he's like he writes books and he's got uh, he does the uh, the horror uh, or the uh, not the the haunted tours haunted America uh, he's doing all this stuff like he's got uh, this this uh, festival he does all this stuff going on and, and at one point he said at one point he said. Um, he said, I'm going to tell you what, honest to God, uh, I'm going to use the N word here. And he said, uh, it's a real nightmare. And I'm like, Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but I didn't use that because I was like, cause honest to God, like at the time I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like, Oh, 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 that's not what I thought you were going to say. Holy shit. Oh boy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cause I got like, I was like, well, that's it. We had a good run. We're canceled. Shit. <laughs> oh boy. We just got a K cut right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh Christ. I, but yeah, and it was nightmare. And I was like, but that was one of those instances where I where I could have gone back and actually said what I wanted to. But I was like, ah, let's just cut it. Let's just leave. <laughs> Cause it's like he's our guest and I don't want to like like, yeah, I don't want to I know I like I know what was happening, but people turn it off yeah. as soon as he said, I'm about to use the N-word. <laughs> Click. Uh, yeah. I, I was so scared. I was like, oh that's and, and again, that's on me that I I was like, that's on me, because I thought that's what he was gonna say. I'm I'm the dummy. But I was like, Oh man. Well, that has such a persona to it that if anybody says N-word, nobody thinks of anything else but quote yeah. the N-word. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the F word. Like, there's only one F word. Fun? <laughs> you know, fun? Fun. <laughs> fun? Fun. Yeah. I mean, f- yeah, it, the word fuck and fucking, you know, anything yeah. that pertains to that, it usually is pretty fun. Even just saying yeah, the word. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I'm having a great time right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing where it's like, I, he said that. I And I and again, I was, I didn't say anything because I'm like, we got Troy Taylor on the show. I don't give a shit about anything else. This is awesome. You know, whatever. But but it was like a moment there was like, oh, and I even said something to Laura, my, uh, the, the, my host that, that does the show. And I was like, oh my God, like I almost had a heart attack when he said that. She's like, I did too. I did. Like, I was like, what the hell? Like, and it was like, and again, it was, it was on, it was on us. Cause it was like, oh, that, well, of course that's not what he was going to say. But like you said, you hear that. You're like, mm-hmm. Ooh, no. <laughs> at least yeah. we're not live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But we, yeah, but that was one where we, uh, um, 
but that was one where I did not go back and I just left it as is. I just, and it was us, it was him saying that and then saying, yeah, I'm going to say the N word here again. It's nightmare. And like, and I don't know if, like I, I was like, yeah, let's just leave that alone. Let's just, let's not make fun of that. Just let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> Start expanding it too much, and it's one of those things where you dance around the word, and people get just as offended. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, or just like, yeah, don't call attention to it. It's fine. It's like it's innocent. It's fine. You know, it's like that's not what he was gonna say. That's not okay. It's low key, kind of funny all on its own without even having to add anything to it, <laughs> just yeah. because it was coming from this person that wasn't even intending intending to tell a joke. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And it was, it was told, yeah, whatever. But it was like, it's, I was so scared. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, d- uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course he wasn't going to say that. God damn it. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. <laughs> so, uh, I guess before we start getting towards the end, um, I really wanted to dig into some of your experiences that you said that you had, um, because okay. that's that's always something I got to bring up on the show because I'm absolutely fascinated by it. And I love getting to hear everybody's stories, whether they're UFO, cryptid, paranormal, anything you got. OK, um, well, OK, so um, this is oh boy. So in 1995, uh, I was working at it was called the Safari Theater. Uh, up in Moorhead, Minnesota. And I was a college student at that time. And I was, so I'm working at this theater is a move, just straight up movie theater. And, uh, and it wasn't even that really that old, you know, it was, you know, it was probably like built in the, maybe the seventies, sixties, late sixties, maybe or early seventies. And so I'm working there. I was an usher and the guy who normally clean our theaters was, was, uh, going on vacation. He's, he was actually going to go to the, uh, Creedence Clearwater revisited tour, and uh, I remember like being very upset because I wanted to go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but I was, but he asked if I would fill in for him while he's gone. I was a college kid, so I'm like, yeah, goddamn right, I will, because I needed the money. And so he left, and I was going to clean the theater. And the first night I'm cleaning the, and so not only did I have to clean, not only did I have to clean the theater, but my boss also wanted me to shampoo all the carpets in the place. Cleaning a theater is a bizarre encounter all on its own. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a massive, it was a massive, massive building. And I'm the only one in there and the whole, and the place is locked. And, uh, and I just remember, so I'm in there cleaning and I, you know, so I go through, I clean the whole place. Um, in case you're wondering what cleaning a movie theater is, it's literally, you walk through with a leaf blower, blow all the shit to the front, scoop it all up with a shovel, throw it into a, throw it into a dumpster or into a trash can, take it out to the dumpster, and then go back with a mop and hit the sticky spots. That's literally what it what it was. That was pretty much what I did when we cleaned movie theaters. Only difference was we used a shop vac up underneath the seats. But it was right. still like every time you put your head down under the seats, you're in a dark theater and you lift back up, you're expecting there to be like a dark figure watching you in the back row oh, yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, uh, hold on. We're getting there. Whoa. <laughs> so so, so uh, basically, so what happens is so I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and now I'm, I'm going through, I'm shampooing the place. And I'm shampooing by the bathrooms. Uh, I'm shampooing by the the men the men's and women's room. And as I'm pulling the shampoo the the uh, shampooer back, there's like this right next to me is this big long hallway that just is a long huge hallway, and it's just lit by nothing but red exit lights all the way down to the end. So I'm pulling the shampooer back, and I'm I got my headphones on. I'm literally singing along to. Uh, Mariah Carey's Dream Lover, 
<laughs> so, <let's play>. so <laughs> you now you know exactly what era this is. So I'm singing along, and I'm pulling the shampoo back, and all of a sudden it was just like I went from singing the song to like instant terror, like instant, like just like fear. Like it was the only way I could describe it. Like, and it just like hit me, and I let go of the shot back, or I let go of the uh, the shampoo because like I thought I thought I was being electrocuted because I was like I didn't know what was happening. I was like. It was just like instant terror. I'm like, what the? And I like let go of it. I'm like, what the fuck? And I, and I just like got this like, this. It was like just this wave of like terror. And it just felt like there was someone standing like right here, stared at me, just Ooh. like, you know, just like oh. And I like I turned and I like looked down this long empty hallway. And it's just huge long empty hallway. Like I said, lit by nothing but red exit lights, and I'm just waiting to see something scurry from one door to the other, or something like that. Walking on the the two hands, the creepy yeah. thing that you imagine just running across the doorway in a hallway. <laughs> yes, or like someone like arced over backwards, like doing the the crab walk or something. <laughs> yeah, where, and then nothing. There's nothing there, and I'm just, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm freaked out, and so I go and I unplug everything, and and I'm just like, fuck it, and I go home. And I left everything. I just left it and went home. And then I'm like, I got up early the next morning, went back in before anyone got there, finished up, put everything back, and then never said a word about it. Like, okay, big, no big deal. Done. Whatever. And I write it off as, you know what? It was late. Big empty building. I'm probably tired. No big deal. I'm not going to worry about it. Big, you know, who, who cares? Whatever. Next night, I go back. Next night, I go back. I'm now in theater two at the very front of the theater and I'm again, shampooing, uh, the, the runner. And I'm, as I'm shampooing away, got my headphones on. I don't remember what song I'm singing along to this time. Again, I'm shampooing along and all of a sudden, bam, hits again, just tear. I just go from like singing along to the song to just in, just like all the, like the goose, like just goops, goosebumps, hair standing up, just, you know, like whatever. And like, and it's just, just fear. And like, I turn and I'm like, I'm waiting to lock eyes with somebody sitting in one of these chairs behind me, you know? Cause I'm just like, what the fuck is this? That sixth sense kicking in something. And the only way out is behind me is the door behind me. And I'm like, I turn and I'm like, and I look and I'm like waiting to see somebody and there's nobody there. And I just remember being like, Oh, you know, whatever. And then I look up and there's a fucking, there's a fucking silhouette. There's a guy standing in the goddamn projection window looking down at me. I just see head and shoulders just looking down. I'm like, and I just, I just start crying and crying and crying and crying. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. And I, so I just, I just start bawling my eyes out and I, turn back around and I grab all that shampoo and I'm just like, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And I just kept shampooing and I'm like, no one's ever been killed by a ghost. <laughs> no one's ever been killed by a ghost. And I like, and I just keep, nope, nope, nope. But I just kept shampooing like mind your own business. He's leave him alone. You know, whatever. And I got all done and I, and I like, I never, I didn't look, I refused to look back up there and I left. And I got done with the night and I go home and, and like, uh, believe me, man, I was like, I got done with what I was doing. I left, I go home the next day. I go back in 
and I start asking people, hey, has anyone ever seen anything weird here? Oh, yeah, I forgot the part. I had to go back. I had to go up there to turn out the lights. There's nothing there. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 um, so the next day I come in, I start asking people if they've seen anything. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. I don't you know, whatever, whatever. And then eventually um, they tell me, you have to talk to Greg. Uh, Greg was the manager. And Greg had been there forever. Greg had actually uh, started there as an usher. He was now the manager. He'd been there forever. Um, worked his way up projectionist for years. And so, and I feel like I don't want to ask him because Greg was kind of, he wasn't, Greg is a, Greg wasn't, uh, Greg was kind of a no nonsense sort of guy. He wasn't going to put up with a lot of bullshit. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to ask him. He's going to make fun of me. But eventually I just like, ah, to hell with it. I'm going to ask him. So I go up and I just said, hey, um, I'm just curious, like, have you guys ever seen anything like weird here at night? And he just gets the smile on his face. And he's like, ah, uh, you're in theater too, huh? <laughs> and he's, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so what'd you see? And I tell him, he's like, ah, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> and, <he's> like, <laughs> and so he starts telling me some of the other weird stuff that, that had happened to people in theater too. And, and then all of a sudden it occurs to me the first night, when I was doing the, the shampooing thing, when it hit me, when I was by the by the men's and women's room, where I was standing was directly under the projection booth for theater two. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> Cause it was right outside the doors to theater two. And like that, like that was the moment. Like I kind of was like, that's, that's fucked up. Cause that it's like, you full on saw it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that, but like that, that sort of connection of like, I was outside the theater, but it was like this aura, I'm assuming, of like, I felt it looking at me, but it wasn't looking at me. It was just, I was within this bubble, I'm guessing, but of whatever this was. And, and like in the years since then, I will tell you when I initially had it happen, I thought it was staring at me. But now years later, I look back and I'm like, I don't know if it was. Or if it, or if I, I don't know what, the, I don't know, A, I don't know what the hell it was. I mean, I don't want to say ghost. I mean, I could, for all I know, it was a homeless guy hiding in the fucking building. I don't know. <laughs> he comes in through the roof just to freak people out in theater too. He's like, if I just live into this ghost story thing, then yeah. I can sleep in here at night. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, part of me thought like, it, you know, this is a bit, it's a big building that someone could, like if they were homeless, they could easily come in, you know, come in, go use the bathroom. And then go into one of the theaters and then hide until we shut down. And then, I mean, there's food, there's shelter. It's like you could live in there, you know, if you wanted to, if you know where to hide. And I was like, maybe, I don't know, you know, but, but then when my boss was, you know, when my boss, when he was like, oh yeah. And he started telling me other stories and the fact it was theater two and all this stuff was like, fuck, maybe I don't like, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was. And part of me, like, I, I just know it wasn't part of the projector and it was it looked like a guy it was sh shoulders and head <laughs> you know like just head and shoulders that's all i saw it was just block just a silhouette blocking the window like god damn it <laughs> like i almost wonder if humans have like some type of natural like detector for things like that because more often than not it seems like whenever people have like paranormal experiences with specifically with something like watching them i mean maybe it's the whole sixth sense thing or maybe it's some type of like subconscious like human defense mechanism that we are aware that there's stuff around us, even if it's not like aware in the forefront, 
to the point where it's like if we pick up on any weird like energy readings around us because i'm sure your body yeah. subconsciously picks up like energy readings then it knows yeah. to like react a certain way or if it's something completely unknown you go into a fear state because you don't know what what to do yeah. about it well like i said man it was like when that hit me when that initially hit me i thought i was being electrocuted like i i let i let go of the the shampooer because i thought it was like oh, like i was like what the hell's going on like i thought it was like like I thought I was getting like electricity off the thing. I was like, what the fuck? And, but it was just this like, like it was like backing, it was like backing into just fear. I don't know how to explain. It's like one minute you're singing along to a song and all of a sudden, boom, fear. <laughs> it's just the craziest thing. And I don't, I've never had a panic attack. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if that's what that's like. I don't know, but it was, it was fucking wild. I say you're pretty damn close. There's a reason why they use the term. It shocked me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I don't know, man. And then, uh, but I, yeah, I never got an explanation. I mean, we never, as far as we know, no one ever died there. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it was a ghost. I don't know what. I have no idea what the hell that was. I mean, it could have been something before that. Like, if there was a building there, even if it got torn down beforehand, like maybe there was just something that was existing beyond that. And then wherever it happened to have died at was around the place where Theater Two would be now. Sure. I, yeah, I have no idea. It, it just was. And I, I, I just saw a shape and I mean, I couldn't tell you like, well, did it have hair? I just saw, like I said, I looked up, I saw it. And like in my head, I locked eyes with it. There were no eyes. Like it just was a silhouette. There was no glowing red eyes. None of that. It was just a silhouette. But in my head, I was locking eyes with it, you know, because of fear. And, uh, you know, and like I said, like, uh, from the years since then, I feel like maybe I don't even know if it was looking at me. I don't even know if it was the way I was even there. If it was just like kind of a residual, like doing its own thing. I don't know. Looking the other way. It wasn't even, you were actually looking at the back of its head. Well, I mean like, like that it was looking out the window, but it couldn't like, it's not looking at me. Like it's not even noticing. Like, like maybe it was like, if it's some sort of like, you know, like, uh, you know, like it's, you know, is it like, you know, for all I know, it's watching a movie that was playing 40 years ago, you know, <laughs> and it was just sort of going through this loop thing. I don't know, but like, I don't know if it was even looking at me, but in my head, it was like staring right at me at the time. Cause I was like, Jesus Christ. You know, it's like, it was so goddamn scary that like I saw that and it was like, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's, but I, fuck, I turned around and like, like I said, I'm just bawling my eyes out and praying to God that this thing, like I start shampooing and in the back of my head, I'm just like, if I swear to God, if I feel a hand on my shoulder, I'm fucking out of it. Like, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to fall over dead. This like, <laughs> please, please be aware of your emergency exits to the r- yeah. front and the back of the theater. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the crazy thing is like now you know, now I pro- I would have bolted out of that goddamn theater. I mean, but back then, like I was kind of into this stuff, but I wasn't into it. You know, I knew about it. You know, I like I watched the X Files that was on TV at that time, but and I knew you know I was kind I kind of enjoyed this stuff, but like I wasn't reading books on ghosts and and that kind of stuff. You know, like regularly. I you know I enjoyed it. You know, I liked Stephen King and all that, but like it never occurred to me to like, oh, what if it gets you? Like that, never, like that never occurred to me. 
what if it just comes <laughs> down from there and gets you? Like, like that never crossed my mind. Like now I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Are you out of your mind? Like run, goddamn it. There's no evidence of ghosts killing people because they take you into the ghost dimension. It's actually missing four one one. Dun dun dun. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the I didn't have that part of me like now where I'd be like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, like because in my head I'm like, well, there's no. Nope, nope, nothing there. Like, oh, there's never, never been a person murdered by a ghost. That, but like, like you said, I've never occurred to me. It's like, yeah, it's because they drag them into the ghost dimension. They're never found. Like, <laughs> oh, oh shit, <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Like, dude, that sounds like it'd be even more horrifying than just dying in the first place. It'd be like to have your yeah. physical like body, but trapped in another reality that you're not supposed okay. to have a physical body in. Like, that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying yeah yeah that's i yeah i'm not i'm not a fan <laughs> not a fan. but yeah so that was that was probably the most major thing you know and i and i never got an answer for it i never will as far as i know that that theater is actually a church now thank god so good luck to them <laughs> i was gonna say uh, i'm almost curious if they still have weird stuff happen I'd, i'm i would almost reach out to somebody in the church just to ask it like hey do you guys ever see a black figure anywhere in the building yeah, mainly up on the second that. story <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i should i should reach out to them um but yeah it's a uh, the building's still there and the crazy thing is the last time i saw it i when i was up there last time it was so much smaller than i remember it being like in my head it was so big and like i saw it now i'm like ah it's not that big it's fine <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine but so yeah so i had that um you know otherwise i'm trying to think of like uh you know, there's been a couple times that I thought I saw UFOs, but uh, they almost always turned out to be airplanes with their <laughs> landing gear down. Yeah, that that unfortunately happens a lot. I'm I'm tempted to get some binoculars just so I can see uh, yeah. like things a little bit closer because it's like hard to tell, specifically like when they're coming at certain angles, like when they're coming yeah. straight on and they have like the the lights on in the front. Like mm-hmm. that's something that people commonly mistake as UFOs. Yeah, there was. There was one time I was driving, uh, so I was up by my hometown. It was very foggy, very, very foggy. And it was was late at night. I dropped my girlfriend off. I was heading home, and I'm driving uh, along this dark, dark uh, country road. And uh, I know there's a car behind me because I kind of see the the headlights behind me. And it is just incredibly foggy. And I'm driving along, uh, and... As I'm going, all of a sudden, like, I can see this light coming through the fog. And I'm like, and I'm kind of like looking at it, thinking like, oh, oh, maybe the moon's going to poke out here in a second. And then all of a sudden, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And all of a sudden, it crosses, like, <laughs> flies over. Like, what the hell is that? And it freaked me out. And I just saw three, I saw like three lights is all I saw. Like three yellow lights. In like the triangle formation are all like separate. One in the front, it was like one in the front and two in the back <laughs> flew over. And I was like, oh my God. And then, and then I was coming into this town. Uh, I was coming into York, Norwood, Young America. I pull in there and the car behind me pulls up next to me and it's full of uh, it's a bunch of Mexican uh, girls and they're all screaming and they're s- screaming in Spanish because they saw the same thing. But I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what they're saying. You know, but they're all like pointing back and like all freaked out, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I saw it too, whatever. Well, years later, I end up seeing an airplane uh, landing. And I realized that's what it was. It was an airplane with the landing gear down, like open. But the, the landing gear hadn't descended yet, but the things were open. And it 
and I'm guessing there must have. I don't know if the guy thought there was a. I don't know if the guy thought there was like a landing strip or maybe there was, it could have been a farmer, you know, cause out, out in that area, there are people like farmers, they'll land on their, they'll land on their property. Yeah. They like just leave a big uh, strip in the middle of their, their uh, like crop field usually. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll, they'll land on these road, like the, the, the country or the, like the field road, you know, whatever. Yeah. They have like big areas out there where they'll just, you know, whatever. And I'm guessing, and I saw that I'm like, yeah, that's, probably all that was but it was like at the time it scared the shit out of me because i was like that's it i saw it it's real and then like within like two years i saw a plane landing on an airport and it, as it came over I'm like ah god yeah that's what it was damn so, it yeah. <laughs> oh. so uh i guess before we start uh closing up do you have any sure. any more stories you'd like to share well you mean just like paranormal stuff or just stuff stuff or whatever? Uh, just like cri- bizarre encounters, cryptid encounters, anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, boy, I don't know. Let me think here for a second. Um, um, I know, so we did a couple of videos uh, that are on YouTube right now. They were true life creepy encounters of the Creepy Acres crew. And we had Sam interview the actual guys from the show. And they shared like bizarre encounters that they had had in their life. And so we had like Chad and Ed and Jeremy and Ben all shared stuff that had happened to them. And, and, and they're real stories, but we had Sam interviewing them. But uh, if anyone has, you know, if you want to check those out, those are great. Um, uh, I was, I was lucky enough that they were willing to share those. My buddy Ed's story wigs me out. It just creeps me out. Cause it's like, it was like a little person. <laughs> There's just this little person. It was like 18 inches tall that as a little kid, he cha- like him and his buddy chased it around their neighborhood, like in the middle of the night. And that just wigs me out to no end. <laughs> but what area were they in? Did he like, is there like little people lore in whatever area that was from? It was straight up. They were, uh, they were in, uh, 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 I guess it would be East St. Paul. They were a residential area. It was like in town. It was in a town. They were, they were, uh, so his parents had this, one of those pop-up campers. They had cleaned it out and they were, him and his buddy, they're like 10 and they decided to sleep in this thing at night, go camping in the backyard kind of thing, you know, but they're in town. This is like in St. Paul, you know, like a residential houses. It's like a town town, you know, whatever. So they go in and they're, they're in there sleeping and they wake up in the middle of the night, like at around midnight, and they can hear something scratching at the door. And they like, ah, they, they ignore it, whatever. And because they think, ah, it's, you know, at first they thought it was like, uh, uh, like a neighbor kid screwing with them or whatever. Well, then it happens again around two o'clock, wakes them up again, just the scratching at the door. And he said at one point, it sounded like somebody took a finger, like a fingernail or something, and put it on the side of the, the, the camper, the metal part, and just like, eh! You know, like walked outside and they're like, what the hell? So they go and they open the door and they walk out there and they end up seeing this little, and they, they come running out into the alleyway and they're looking down the alleyway and down at the end of the alleyway, there's a church and there's this light and they could see this thing standing there. And, and according to him, he said, it's like an 18 inch tall person. And it has like this head that he said, it, it looked like an ant, but with like no pinchers. Like it's just a sh- this weird little bug head with no pinchers. And he said, but it was like, and he keeps describing as it was so skinny. 
It was like the skinniest thing he'd ever seen. And it takes off running, you know, whatever. And then they, they're little kids. So they go chasing after it, eh, whatever. So they're running after it. And then they saw it again and they kept chasing and they said it was so incredibly fast. And then it got away and then they never saw it again. And I, and his, and then he said his friend, Jimmy, I think it was, or his, I think it was Jimmy. Was it Jimmy? But he said his buddy, um, he doesn't like talk about it. Like he, like he tries to bring it up and he still is like, ah, he's like, he doesn't want to talk about it. Trying to repress it. Yeah. I'm sure. Cause it's like, what, what was that? I don't know. But that was, that was like a local, that was like a little local thing that happened here. Like I've never, and there's been a lot of stories of stuff like that, but it was interesting to hear it from someone I knew. Oh yeah. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah. Especially somebody to see something weird like that firsthand. That's like one of those like one in a million chances they actually see something like like that. That's not like well, a common cryptid or creature to see. Well, yeah. Well, and, and it was interesting because one, it was like it wasn't something that I had heard a lot of descriptions like that before. I mean, I've always heard like you know gray aliens, or I've heard like you know like little like little people, but nothing that specific. With you know, he kept saying like it had like a little it looked like an ant head without pinchers. You know, or the antenna, just this like weird little like heart shaped head, you know, like whatever. But uh um it was a baby insectoid. Being, <laughs> yeah, I mean like kind of insect like and being able to like have him take me to the spot and show me where it happened and be like, This is where we were, that's where it was standing, and like and him just pinpoint like and then we chased it through here, it ran into that yard. Like that was the that was the kind of cool thing of like like he just walked me right through the whole thing. So it like, brings a whole other aspect to the story when you actually physically get to like see the locations where something happened at. Well, yeah. I mean, cause a lot of this stuff, you know, you, you hear the stories, you know, like for m- myself, I'm not a, I'm not a investigator. I'm a researcher, you know, like, so I, I, it's a lot of time reading. Like I don't go to the places I, you know, I don't, I, I don't go to the field, you know? And, but sometimes when I do, like I've been to Bray road, and I've driven that road and it really suddenly takes a whole new aspect when you see, when you see it in person, you know, and you're like, this is where it happened. And then it kind of makes it a little real, you know, it's like, well, shit, well, this is real. So, you know, the mm-hmm. place is real. So that's where, you know, that's okay. Well, they describe the one road crossing and the other road. This, this is the only road that crosses. So this is where it would have happened. Like, oh, that's fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. right where it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess kind of starting to wrap up towards the end because we're about sure. running at about two hours here, and I'd love to obviously have you back on for another show because we could we could keep going for for a long time, but I feel like two hours is probably a pretty good oh, spot to cut it off at for tonight. Yeah. But uh, before I let you go, of course, I always like to do words of wisdom from the uh, guests of the listeners. So if there's any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Um, you know what? I will tell you this. I will say, um. Tell, I will say, tell the people that you care about in your life that you care about them because far too many times we always think we have the rest of our lives to tell them how we feel, but far too often you will find you only have the rest of their life to tell them. And that usually comes a hell of a lot quicker and very unexpectedly. Very, very true words of wisdom. And it's one of those things too that it's like the whole aspect about living in the moment that everybody is so concerned with the future that it's like they forget to live in the moment and in turn, a lot of crucial moments get passed because they're too worried projecting into the future. 
Oh yeah. Well, a hundred percent. And, and there's so many times that's like, there's, you know, when I was younger, you know, you think you're immortal, you think you're going to live forever, but you kind of forget that grandparents are old and they don't live forever mm-hmm. and parents get older and they don't live forever. And, you know, and I'm at the age now where, you know, I have friends that are, you know, are, are, uh, you know, Amy, who helps us do our stuff, she just got diagnosed with a pretty serious illness that um, she asks us, out of respect for her, I don't say it by name because she believes that gives it power, but, um, so we don't say it, but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's wild, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't, I, if any of your, uh, if any of your uh, listeners are, are, you know, believe in praying and stuff like that, if they could, you know, say you know, say a prayer for her. That'd be great. You know, that'd be awesome. But it, uh, it's, it's wild, man. I mean, like the older you get, the faster things go and, and pretty soon your, your ride's over. So (laughs) really put stuff into perspective. Once you see time starting to go by. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, for anybody that enjoyed the conversation, uh, where can they come and find all of the awesome stuff that you guys do at? Oh, sure, man. Uh, so, uh, you can find us, uh, you know, you can find us on Facebook, uh, you can find us Facebook, Instagram, threads, Twitter, YouTube, creepy acres under all of that stuff. Um, you can also find us creepyacres.com, Uh, and we also sell merch, uh, over on T public, uh, and you can just search creepy acres over there too. And of course I'll make it quick and easy, put it down in the show description. If anybody wants to find that stuff quick and easy, but I appreciate you making the time to come on today, man. It's been an absolute blast. And I'm looking forward to getting to see you again at the next convention now that we've actually had to, had a two-hour sit-down and actually got to talk for a bit besides, you know, just that quick little convention talk. And, uh, again, I appreciate you uh, making the time to come on. And I'm looking forward to getting to talk to you next time, man. Um, you know what? This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for asking me on here. And I'd like to apologize uh, to uh, Troy Taylor for thinking what I thought. And I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys enjoyed the show, and come on, I know you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to share this episode with friends through word of mouth and continue to help the show grow. Make it so that maybe you guys can talk to everybody in your office about weird phenomenon or everybody in your family about weird phenomenon, all this weird stuff that we talk about on the show. But the only way that'll ever happen is if you guys always, always continue to share episodes, share shows, repost the shit out of everything. And don't forget, while you're doing that, if you haven't already, leave some type of review for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, of course, I will read it on the show, give you guys a big shout out. And uh, if any of you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, uh, be it you want to contribute something to the show, uh, you want to have a conversation, you want to be a guest, um, you want to possibly, you know, advertise for your cryptid or weird phenomenon based product or something on the show. I'm not for all of that. Any type of inquiries whatsoever about interacting or doing anything with the show. Uh, you guys don't hesitate, get a hold of me because I'm definitely interested and I'd love to talk to you guys about it. Uh, you guys can of course shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the form of social media that I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form and that will go directly to my email And like I say on every single show, more often than not, stuff gets pushed to the spammer junk folders. So if you guys send me a message within a day, make sure you're peeking, checking around, looking around, make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to everybody within the first day of honestly of them sending me a message. 
And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description, or it's L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Inquiries of Our Reality Podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.